Hello, welcome everyone to post AEW Full Gear 2021 here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined today by the host of Grapsody, podcasting legend, podcasting host and legend, Will Washington. Will, how you doing, buddy? I am doing pretty damn good. It, we're in a new era, the new era. Of, I, was, I was about uh, to say, do you have the Hangman Page world title over your shoulder there? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I decided uh, normally it sits behind me, but as I sat down, I'm like, you know what? Let's just grab it off the shelf as I could grab any one of these. But uh, this was the one for tonight. Good call. Good call. Also with us, host of Sour Graps, post NXT show with Team Kalix. You know him. You love him. You might not love him. But you know, probably not. <laughs> like Love is strong, but yeah. uh... <laughs> tolerate. Some people tolerate. Tolerate. There you go. Alex Plowski is there. Alex, how you doing, buddy? Uh, great. After this, uh, this, this was excellent. <laughs> you know, I mean, what we 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 talk about uh, how there's there's one professional wrestling company, and and this delivered uh, in 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 spades. Yeah, I was I was uh, over the moon about a lot of this. Guys, get your super chats in. Get your humper chats. I always sound strange saying that. I don't. But but get them in. Get your question, comment, statement read on the air. We do go in order of stuff. So if, you, if you've donated a super chat or a humper chat and it is not read immediately because it pertains to Brian Danielson against Miro and we are talking about Hangman Page, then that is why it probably has not been read. So, you know, don't don't yell at our mods. Don't yell at Luis for, hey, why haven't you read my, my super chat? We go in order, guys. But pr- I promise you they will all get read. And if they don't all get read, I will bring Luis on air and embarrass him like I have done before. So they will all get read, everybody. Let's start where the show ended. Cowboy shit, everybody. Hangman page one. No swerve. No let's get heat and draw this thing out. No stupidness. In this match, Hangman Page won. They told a great story of Hangman having to overcome Omega and Callus and a ref bump. The Young Bucks came out at the end. You didn't know whose side were they on. There was the tease of the leg grab, which of course cost uh, the Young Bucks the 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 tag team titles last year. Uh, the, the shot of the tag team titles last year. Hangman Page did warn them on Rampage, if you guys touch me, I will fuck you up. I don't think he used those exact words, but pretty much what he said. Uh, and they did not, they didn't touch him because they did not want to get fucked up by the cowboy Hangman Page. Hangman Page hit a uh, back-to-back buckshot lariat on Kenny Omega. Hangman Page, your AEW world champion. Will, where are you at on this? Um, This was not the match I was expecting. I'll say that to start off that uh you know they they went with a straight up wrestling match last year at full gear and i was kind of expecting them to basically double up on that and just go further and instead uh they went the storied route and uh i enjoyed that i actually did and there were a lot of callbacks within the match you know that's 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 what they kind of do best um whether you love or hate that um they they definitely do their callbacks well I hadn't even thought about, you know, you mentioned um, the spot where the Young Bucks came out and, uh, and you know, you weren't sure what they were going to do. Were they going to grab the legs? And then Excalibur mentions the the point that they were, uh, they refused to be in the corner of Hangman at All Out. And this time they kind of were in his corner and that was like the difference maker. So there were a lot of little callbacks within the match. 
Um, a lot of Don Callis presence in the match to the point of where it was like really pissing the fans off, um, which obviously was by design. Uh, and uh, just overall, I enjoyed it. It was the moment it was supposed to be. And uh, they sent the fans home happy with what they were supposed to. I, I, I have no complaints whatsoever other than the fact that like i said i was maybe expecting more of an i guess omega match and instead uh we got more of the heel story told match and that was just as exciting alex what'd you think uh the result was perfect the result was perfect that's that's the most important thing um there the 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 bucks coming out and like giving a silent nod of approval, like we choose you in this situation. It's kind of like, we're, we're cool with this. Um, I thought that's, that's great. Um, literally everything Don Callis did uh, made, uh, just made me so angry. I know that's the point, <laughs> but like, like if Kenny Omega is able to wrestle Danielson to a draw without Callis getting in the way, I want to see um, Hangman Page beat, Kenny Omega one-on-one -on -one straight up. And I want I, the, the easiest way to do it is to have him interfere once and have the ref. That's what I like, thought. Get the hell to the back. That's and exactly then we where get, I thought get, that was going. We get these two guys going one-on-one -on -one and, and there's no callous stuff. Also, every time we do the thing where like Don Callis is stomping on, on Hangman Page on the outside and the ref just has his back turned. Like, was this your first match you've refereed, dude? You know what Don Callis does on the outside. Like, and, and so then we get a ref bump, which is like one of my least favorite things about overbooked matches is the ref bump spot. I always hate it. I loved seeing Aubrey Edwards hustle her ass down to the ring to try and make the cover. I thought that was good. Um, but maybe she should have been the referee from the beginning and we wouldn't have had all the problems with Don Callis. Um, the other thing was that I thought was odd was Don Callis was laid, laid out in the ring. He didn't roll off the apron. He was just laying there. Um, and, 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 and just stayed there for the rest of the match, which I thought was weird. I thought, well, well, he's up there for a reason, but it turns out he wasn't, um, a, no one winged angel kick out by hangman I but, know. By, but by omega so yeah. i was like that was interesting but i i did appreciate um the buckshot finishing it off um the, the most important thing by far is that hangman page has got his title victory yes i i'm i'm not a fan of overbooking these types of matches i just want to see two dudes who's the better man in a wrestling ring i always prefer that but that's just maybe that's just me well, and that's like I said, that's exactly what I thought they were going to do because that is what we got the first time. And I always felt like uh, the full gear match from last year was a little bit, um, I don't know, subdued. Like it felt like, okay, maybe they're saving this for the moment they have a crowd. And then all of a sudden, uh, they we have a crowd now. So I thought that was the match we were going to get just a straight wrestling match, the Kenny Omega match. And we didn't really get that. Uh, and yeah, I agree on the Don Callis stuff. I thought. You know, because they went to Don Callis interference so quickly in the beginning that um, I don't know if you guys see my camera shaking, but there's literally my cat has just decided to like Your cat attack interrupted my the show. I know uh, my today. cat has interrupted the show today, and uh, this is so stupid. This is the second time this has happened to me today. Um, but anyway, uh, especially going for the camera. Um, that said. 
Uh, I, like I said, they went for the Don Callis interference so early on that I thought, oh, this is an easy setup for, you know, do, do it two times and third time gets caught by referee Paul Turner, gets ejected, we're done. Uh, that's where I thought that was going. And then he was just there the whole match. And yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it wasn't necessarily what I would have done. Um, but I do recognize that it was effective. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I thought they were going to go for the, the Kenny Omega classic and we didn't necessarily get that here. I'm not mad that they didn't go for the Kenny Omega classic on this because, like it's been a long story and the bucks have been intertwined in it. And like the bucks coming down, I've said this before, like whenever the bucks come down, Omega seems to lose uh, the, the Christian match uh, on rampage is the, the biggest example, you know, when Hangman or when Omega has uh, Kota Bushi in his corner, like things are fine. But when the bucks and when Callus has been there, things have been fine. Callus got taken out. The bucks came down the Bucks kind of cost them because they, they didn't stick up for him in this. Now we're just looking at the top of Will's head. Uh, <laughs> they, the, the, so the Bucks, uh, they didn't help him, so they kind of cost them. Like They're telling that story as well. They tried to intersplice a lot of stories here. Now, was it the, the best decision? I think you can argue that, okay, maybe they would have been better off just, hey, let's go with a straight-up uh, Kenny Omega classic and, and have Hagman just beat him in that type of scenario. I think you can still run that back at some point and, and see what happens. But for this instance, I thought the act, the story of everything works because they, they've been telling the story for a while. There were a lot of stories that they that they had to put in this match, and they're going to keep telling stories with, with Omega, the Bucks, and and Hangman Page as the elite. Like you guys said, the main thing is Hangman Page won. He got the big moment. There was, of course, the ref bump. But he laid out callous. It was clean. There was no like major shenanigans in this thing. The ref bump happened like three fourths of the match, right. three fifths of the match. So it's not like it played into to the finish or anything. So overall, I it it was what it needed to be to me. And then the Dark Order celebration at the end that was tremendous as well. I I thought it was great. And again, the main thing is Hangman Page One. We have a lot of super chats on this match, so yes. let me let me try to run through them. Stephen Williams says, "I hope Danielson versus Page is Chicago. I will be there. Uh, what's that? Thanksgiving weekend? I don't know if you're yeah, going to get it. It's night before Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Probably not that soon. I think I think they're going to do the Winter is Coming special again, and that was my original guess because I thought Moxley was going to win this tournament, and then he gets his title shot one year anniversary of when he lost it. Um, that with Danielson." I, as I said to Danielson, one like they're setting up Page to potentially beat Omega and Danielson back to back, which is pretty huge. Uh, HL Matt Larkin says, "Great night for wrestling. Complex, mm-hmm. interesting storytelling with MJF and Darby and the Lucha Bros breaking uh, with the established tropes, making the rules and holds meaning, uh, meaningful. And of course, Hangman overcomes Omega. Perfect night." Zach Shemmel says, "This shit fucking ruled." There you go. A lot of, a lot of curse words, Zach. Uh, this show humped so hard. He's very fired up about this. AEW is the best professional wrestling company. I cannot love AEW anymore for the passion this company has given me. Love to all of Fightful. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you. Uh, Mayo on Rice says, another paper, another amazing pay-per-view. Doesn't feel long at all. Legit head goosebumps in the end. Cat, uh, this is a humper chat, says, that nod from Matt got me so good. Um, Evelina Gray says, Buck's face turn? Question mark. Mac Brunson says, glad to see Hangman win. It's kind of nice as a Mac from Brooklyn. Fan. Love Mac. There you go. Uh, 
Shout out to, to Mac Brunson from Brooklyn. Um, we're, we're glad to see Hangman uh, Hangman win. It's kind of nice to see a wrestling fan have your investment in a story rewarded. Uh, Ashe Nagar says, I don't know, but think I overhyped myself for the HM bout. Didn't feel as high level as CM Punk Miro matches, maybe because I'm watching at job. Overall, 4.5 out of 5. Bit sad. Didn't get to see Hangman kick out of Kenny's One Wing Angel. I do want to touch on that because I think a lot of us predicted, I know I did anyway, that like this would be the perfect match to have Hangman Page kick out because you are selling that doubt on this. We all were 99% certain Hangman Page is going to win. But when you're 99% certain of something, you know, the beauty of pro wrestling is like, well, that 1%, you never know. It could just, could happen. And Hangman hitting the one-winged angel or, or Omega hitting the one-winged angel would have created that doubt of, oh shit, like, are they really going to do this? And, you know, Hangman kicks out. It's a big moment. I thought a Hangman Page one-winged angel kick out would have gotten a bigger pop than like the actual title victory. Instead, they they didn't do the kick out at all. He fought out of it a couple of times. He hit his own and and Omega kicked out. Where were you on this? Did you think they should have actually done the one winged angel kick out on here, Alex? Um, yes, because I don't know what you're holding on to it for the the first kick out of of Omega's. I don't know what you're holding on to it for if not for this. Right, like this is a thing that puts away everybody. And like nobody kicks out of it. So the first time somebody kicks out of it, that's got to rattle Omega. And it would rattle him in this, in this moment where you've been building to, I can beat you. You're nothing. You can't, you can't touch me. That's his whole thing with Hangman Page. So Hangman Page being the one guy who can kick out of the one winged angel would rattle him within the match. And uh, this is all stuff that I think would work better in a match that had none of the shenanigans. Don Callis get the hell of the back. No ref bump, and you have you could have the young bucks come down at the end and like do that part because I think that part worked for the story as well. But I think that in in your in our match that we wanted you and I will of just these two guys going at it, who's the best man? I think that moment would have been a major turning point, not only in the match we're watching, but it leads to the absolute final chapter of the full story. Hangman kicking out of, of Omega's Omega realizes. He's not bulletproof. He can he can lose, and that's a big deal for him. And, and not just that, but like it also plays into the story because, it, like, uh, here's the thing: the the lore for those who don't know me uh, of this entire angle like keeps me up at night. I think about <laughs> all of it a lot, right? So, like, um, I have been thinking a lot about the fact that Hangman's biggest setbacks as it relates to Kenny were the one-winged angel. He lost at full gear last year to the one-winged angel. And then he, uh, when he had the 10-man tag, the Elite versus uh, the Dark Order and Hangman, it was the one-winged angel that took him out. And so it was kind of, it would have been like poetic storytelling, even if you were just going story route. Even for the match they had, it still would have fit that scenario to have gone for the one-winged angel, the, the move that has been, the kryptonite to hangman Adam Page's Superman moment, and he finally overcame it. Like, I thought no matter what scenario you went with, no matter what type of match you did, that was the moment. And, yeah, we didn't get it. And I I, I am curious what they are holding on to it for, um, if it's ever going to happen, if it just needs to remain the move that no one kicks out of. Uh, 
I guess. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to see it. I thought it was going to happen. Uh, there was one other um, kind of lore moment. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm drawing a blank. So I will come back to it <laughs> in seconds. Kyle, Kyle Collins says a person I like that Kenny didn't hit the one wing angel tells a story he can't win without it to me if he hits it in the rematch it should mean more look if they're going to do a rematch I don't know when when it's going to happen um, and a lot of people are saying he, he kicks out in the rematch who uh, child one says I think hangman kicks out in the rematch if they're going to do the rematch <laughs> then like it would be it, it'll, it'll still be big um, and, and people have pointed out that Coda kicked out of it and, and that is true yes. uh, I I personally talking strictly AEW in, in this that, that was that was what I was getting at. But yeah, um, especially because like uh, Excalibur mentions constantly, like I, we know uh, that Coda's kicked out of it. But the fact is, like it is a thing mentioned strictly in AEW lore like, on commentary. Right. Every time the One Wing Angels hit, uh, Excalibur shouts, "No one's kicked out of the One Wing Angel." It is a thing in AEW, uh, and so it, this isn't just like stuff we've made up as fans. Like it is a thing AEW has pounded into our heads. This is a move nobody kicks out of. Yes. Look, if, if he hits it in the rematch and that's when the kickout happens, I'm I'm completely fine with that. And maybe, you know, maybe, like, like I said, they do the Kenny Omega match in the rematch. Uh, Omega just says, Callus, you stay in the back. Young Bucks, like, I don't want anybody out here. Nobody come out here. We're just going to, I'm just going to beat you like I beat you at full gear last year. And I'm just going to beat you in a straight up wrestling match. And then if Kenny hits the one wing angel and Hangman kicks out, then that'll create the doubt in, in Kenny's mind, like you were talking about, Alex. Yeah. And when when we get that rematch, I don't know, because they're they're gonna keep telling this Buck story right now with, with um mm -hmm. Kenny. Adam Cole's got some got some involvement in this. So they they're interspersing a lot of different stories. Oh here, yeah. And it's very interesting uh to see where it is all gonna go. Uh the bad one, Jam Beard says. I, I thought and wanted Hangman to be the one to kick out of the One Winged Angel, but if we eventually get Coda in AEW, then have Coda be the one to kick out. That could work too. I don't know if when Coda is going to come to AEW. We'll talk about Ishii here in a second. Um, but if that happens, if Coda is going to be the guy to do it in AEW like he did it previously, then I could I could see that as well. Uh, Donzi Chase says, "Love the pay per view. So glad Hangman finally got the much needed win over Kenny." Christian Knight says, "The entrance by Hangman was one of the best ever." I absolutely. yeah, that was really cool. That was a dope yes. entrance. Yeah, and and yeah. the callbacks in it, of course, because yeah, um, yeah. this is uh, this is a story they've been telling a long time, and I actually really appreciated them. Uh, making sure for any doubters who doubt you know who are like you know this is just all you know fan canon and it's like no this has all actually been a thing that they have been leading to all this time and uh you could very much see the story as it was being laid out and as it was being told in this entrance uh so yeah that was all really cool uh jk Schaller, our buddy jake says he chose his friends over the beer layers exactly they they offered him the beer the dark order did he said nah fuck that that was the yeah, moment yeah. I was drawing a blank on <laughs> uh, okay. that I couldn't remember. I'm like, there was something else that was actually like a really cool story moment. And it was when they offered him the beer and he tossed it and gave him a hug um, because yeah, there was no beer here. And that I think is another big part of the hangman story uh, that it's kind of been a crutch for him. And the night he didn't have it is when he won the title. Uh, Mike Bivene says, really great pay-per-view. Ty impressed me in her first big match. and so happy for Paige. It was the right call. Connor Kilmurray says, the main event felt like a great season finale as Hangman cut it, 
cut off all of Omega's underhanded tactics that kept him champion. This version of Omega felt like he didn't want to win straight up one and one. Again, this is where you can go back to it to the the third match where Omega feels like, all right, let's let's just have a straight up wrestling match here because that's how I beat you before. Um, bam, bunch of numbers says Kenny finally gets the rest. Amazing pay per view. I got the nerd guru says take the Cody stuff and the, the women being in a bad spot and it was perfect. Cowboy shit, but Cody needs to go away for a long time. Sucked all the energy. Thank God for CM Punk and Paige. Daniel R says only Kenny can kick out of the one wing angel. Van Twin Blades had so many great matches. Jungle Boy having to give in to the dark side a bit and put away the Bucks and Cole. Kingston having it won multiple times, not just pinning Punk because story. Sad Cowboy not being sad anymore. Great show. I love me some Silva. Says, can't wait for some cowboy shit in person this Wednesday on Dynamite. Well, he's going to lose the title to MJF, so get ready to be sad. <laughs> uh, the bad one, Jam Beard said, holy fine fuck, Hangman is the new champ. It's moments like these that make me happy and proud to be a wrestling fan. P.S. What does Tony D think of ah. Hangman finally being the champ and the new face of AEW? Listen, I love cowboys. I'm a big fan of, of Westerns. So I'm a big fan of this Hangman Page guy, Kenny Omega with the freaking facial hair. What is that stuff? Who are you trying to be, man? I appreciate Hangman Page. Also, I love things, uh, Dark Orders. Personally, I, I get I get involved with the darkness a little bit myself. So I'm a big fan of the Adam Page. There you go. That's what Tony D thinks of Hangman Page winning the title. <laughs> Where are we having these super chats, Luis? Okay, here we go. My bad. Are we done with the, the hangman stuff? I can talk about it for the rest of eternity. We have a limit, Jeremy. So <laughs> I know. I was looking for it on the on the on the super chat stuff and I, I didn't see anymore. So oh here we go. I'm uh, I, I'm Jonah Blaine Luis. Um Donnie J says, love the pay-per-view. So glad the hangman finally got the much needed win over Kenny. Yeah. Christian Knight says the interest by Hangman was one of the best ever. I might have read some of these, but that's okay. Anakin JMT says, uh Cheryl will never live down being caught singing Judas. Factual. Now who's ready to see Hangman lose on Wednesday? Yeah, he says, just kidding, though. Uh, Voodoo Child says, I have no shame. I'm an AEW mark. I live vicariously through Hangman Adam Page. This match was everything I hoped for. And Nick said, this pay-per-view really felt like the end of phase one of the AEW story or the AEW cinematic universe, if you will. Get ready for the Cody-verse. That's going to be phase two. I cannot <laughs> wait. All right. Uh, let's, let's go back to the beginning of this show, which was the buy-in between Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa against Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. We had some Eddie tributes in this match. Of course, Vicky Guerrero being at ringside. The first of many Eddie tributes uh, in this match. In the end, Shida uh, countered the Beast Bomb into a jackknife for the win on Nyla Rose. And so they're also going to face in the TBS title tournament this Wednesday. So that sets up things there. What do you think of the buy-in match, Alex? Um. I love all. I I love Thunder Rose and I love I love Sheeta. Uh, I think Jamie Hader is is a really really fun to watch and I'm I'm looking to see like where how she progresses. I love that she jumps into every crossbody. I love that she just says I'm going to take this the way nobody else takes it. I'm going to take it curse splat and I think that's awesome. Um, uh, I I I the only thing that I would change is I would rather they would have had either. Um, Rosa pin Nyla or Sheeta pin Jamie Hayter if they want the baby faces to win, so we don't get a possible preview of what's happening in the tournament down the line. I didn't want to like go, Oh, well, Nyla got pinned by Sheeta today, which means she's probably gonna win on Wednesday. I don't want to have that thought, so just switch up who does the pinning because then we don't have to get that 
part of we already got them facing off in the match enough but other than that fine good match well yeah i like the match and uh i i guess i agree with that i feel like there's a part of me that's like are, are they basically telegraphing that um nyla's probably winning uh to move the Sheeta and Serena Deep feud forward. Um, because yeah, I did like the match, and yeah, I agree that <laughs> Jimmy Hater taking it a second time. Like it's very clear that um that somebody, probably Tony, was very much amused by the the first one. And it's like, okay, at this point, you're just gonna continue to take it. And the fact that they are also opponents, um, Thunder Rosa and uh Jamie Hater in the tournament yep. tells me we're probably gonna see it one more time, except Damn no. Straight. Freaking swerve me! I want to see, uh, <laughs> I want to see Thunder Rosa just go for it, and uh, Jamie Hader just like sidestep, and she's like <laughs> pull a Samoa Joe, <laughs> yeah, pull a Samoa Joe, just walk away. Oh, it's <laughs> one of my favorite spots ever. <laughs> I, I want to see that, but yeah, because you know it's weird um, thinking about the the history of Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida because uh, I, I'm pretty sure just off the top of my head, Shida has been pinned twice by Nyla Rose. And then Nyla Rose has also lost two title matches to Karashita. So, like, there's uh, plenty of history. And I guess now yep. three times uh, Nyla Rose has been pinned by Ishida. Um, so there's, there's, I guess, any way that result can go. It's They've surprisingly had a lot of history in AEW with each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, going into Wednesday and the TBS title tournament match uh, on Dynamite, um, I guess, I don't know, I guess it could go either way. But yeah, I agree. I would have rather seen a little bit of a mix-up to leave more mystery as to what's yeah. going to happen. And I, I loved Serena D buying a ticket to sit front row just to annoy Sheeta. <laughs> I want these two to have like to just just be the worst enemies of each other for the rest of their careers. I just think that's a really cool thing to, to start up. And why not with these two? I'd, I'd watch them wrestle three, four times a year for the next five, six years. Yeah, why not? I, I'm really waiting for the scenario where I get to see the two of them in a commercial free setting um because like the way aw is set up and the way where um, women's matches don't ever open the show uh i don't see a scenario where i can get that but unless you can hang on to the next pay-per-view but i would really love to see sheeta and serena deep go commercial free uh and just i want to see it just go 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 the way they have before without any breaks I thought they telegraphed the Nyla and Sheeta result by doing Ruby and Statlander uh, underneath it because I didn't see them doing back-to-back face-versus-face matches. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was kind of confident Nyla was going to win anyway. And I could be wrong. Um, But Nyla eating the pin here makes me a little bit more confident that Nyla is going to beat Sheeta. Probably with Deeb and and maybe even Vicky Guerrero getting involved on on wednesday i don't think it's going to be like clean by by any stretch of the imagination but i do think that that now is going to win and i thought they telegraphed that just by doing only thing that. i don't like about the result of uh, or i guess the idea of nyla winning is uh that would mean assuming ruby soho goes forward and i don't have the bracket in front of me but correct me if i'm wrong that would mean that all but one of the buys moves on um yep. Considering, I think everybody thinks Jade's going to win. I think everybody thinks Thunder Rosa is going to win. That was right. actually a few they were setting up and then kind of hit pause on anyway. And then, so if Nyla moves forward, it's really just Ruby would be the one to. And I guess that's a decent enough story. Thinking about it, uh, she's the the one to overcome somebody who had a buy. That's the you know that's the the benefit of having the buy. You're rested and you yeah. didn't have to go through. 
that that first match. So I like that the having the buy actually has an actual advantage to some of this mm-hmm. stuff, even though there's a long break between matches. But uh, I do like that that it meant something to have yes. the buy. And yeah, like you said, like Ruby being the the one person that kind of overcomes that uh, makes a lot of sense as well. Um, we kicked off the pay per view with MJF against Darby Allen, two of the the four pillars. Is there a lighter around here? Because like <laughs> fire, dude, that match this. was was dope, um, and not a whole. I mean, I guess it was what uh, most people would have expected because of the the story that was being told. But man, that match, that match slapped. That match humped. Any other descriptive words that the kids use on Twitter, um, you could throw out there. I would throw at this match because uh, that was a great way to to kick off the show. Uh, they they went so so pretty much the the story of this match was MJF said he was going to out wrestle Darby Allen beat him with a side headlock takeover and Darby Allen of course is going to do his insane stuff but Darby Allen proved very quickly that he can hang with him in a wrestling match. Uh, Darby got his back worked over MJF he's going to be selling this knee like uh, I think Mac Jackson sold his back for his entire New Japan run. And if I recall correctly MJF sold his knee in that Sammy match yes. on Dynamite. Yeah, so this is just going to be a thing with MJF, I think. That that knee is just always going to come into play. Well, he sold his but, back for, for the Jericho match. For the, for the entirety true, of inj- so, so he picks something in the match to get injured. And then uh, he is the best at selling as a heel that I've ever seen. Like, he, he, he makes you uh, almost feel bad for him, like, as a human being, because he's <laughs> no. acting hurt. Like, the whole thing is, like, usually you watch a, a, a heel in a match like this, and, and they might be selling a little bit, but they don't really, because it's important that they stay on top during the match. That's usually what happens. But this is like, no, that shit hurts if you're a good guy or a bad guy. I screwed my knee up. Every time I land wrong on my knee or I do a backbreaker on my knee, it hurts. So I appreciate that 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 MJF is selling it like it actually hurts. I love it. I, I think it's great. And the thing I loved about it um, most throughout the match was that uh, MJF, of course, working heel throughout the match, was working over Darby's back with his knee. And so the more he works over Darby's back, the worse his knee becomes throughout the yeah. match. And so that was also just a cool story that they were telling throughout. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting because of the fact that, like, if you've even half paid attention to Darby Allen, like we've always known, like he's 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 a good wrestler. He can hang in the ring as a uh, like if he was just having a straight up pro wrestling match, he can hang um, and well. That is something he does well, and that's something that's actually in his background. Um, but uh, the the story and the expectation, of course, is that this isn't really Darby's environment. Darby's environment is more of a a uh, more of the plunder environment and an environment where he can take advantage of. I'm getting to use his body more and and uh yeah these guys just kind of went out there and decided now nah, we're gonna like we're gonna showcase and we're gonna have a clinic and uh we're gonna do it from jump from the moment the match kicked off uh it was like they, they went out there and chain wrestled and uh it did it beautifully and you know you, you almost uh, it, it is the strategy that MJF wrestles as little as he does yep. because it almost puts it out of your mind. Cause there are so many people who think that MJF is a bad wrestler who think that uh, this guy can't go in the ring 
And so that's the reason he wrestles so little. But it's the other way around. Whereas, like, I think it would get way more people on his side if he were doing this every week. And so by only doing it on occasion, it, uh, and he just really, he's just there to talk and be an ass. Uh, I think that keeps him the heel we need him to be. And, uh, it, it, yeah, we keep his wrestling at a rarity. Keep it, keep it to a minimum. Do it on occasion like this. And just on occasion reminder. Because, like, the, I feel like the last, like, major reminder we got of this, it was probably, like, Sammy Guevara. But, like, before that, uh, I feel like it was way back at, like, that first, not the first one, but the, the second one, that Double or Nothing, the Jungle Boy match, yeah. where um, they went out there and just had a crazy great match. And that was the kind of, I feel like, the first time that, wrestling twitter was like wait mjf is that guy it it really is so we talk about mjf that he doesn't wrestle a lot and, and joseph and i will discuss this like he just he's on he's on television all the time mm-hmm. but he's not in the ring all the time and we wonder like what the reason for that is and like it does he need to get up to speed what like why doesn't he wrestle more and then you make a good point will is like he doesn't do it because if he did like People like he's still a smarmy dick, but people might like actually respect how good he actually is <laughs> yeah. as a wrestler. So if you just don't have him go out there and wrestle all the time, it's like you can just continue to hate this man because you know, you know, he cuts his promos and he gets everybody against him. And when he does wrestle, he proves how good he is. And then of course he cheats to win, like he did here. He did win with the side headlock takeover. Uh he hit he hits Arby Allen with the diamond diamond ring after the referee was getting the, the skateboard out of the ring. MJF brought the skateboard into the ring. He begged Darby to hit him. He tried to get him, tried to play some mind games and get him to basically, like, you know what? You you really want to hit me with this. You want to get yourself DQ'd. Darby said, nope, not going to do that. As the ref tried to get the skateboard out of the ring, MJF hit him with the diamond diamond ring. Side headlock takeover for the victory. I was I was a little skeptical on this match. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a styles clash between these two. It certainly wasn't both guys. Not that I thought they were bad or anything. Both guys showed more tricks than like, I kind of thought they had in their repertoire. And that's a credit to, to both of them as just how good they already are at the age they are. Because when they do wrestle, like, yeah, this is this, maybe I fell into the trap of MJF not wrestling that much. So I just kind of forget how good and technically sound he is. And Darby, like, I know he can be technically sound and everything, but you're so used to seeing him go at that car crash speed. You forget he can kind of do that shit too. He showed it off in the punk match. Um, but because again, he just likes to go a million miles per hour, you forget that he's good at that as well. So both guys credit to them. This might've been the the match of the night. Like it was it was absolutely tremendous. And I was a little skeptical. I'll be the first one to admit it. I was like, I don't know. They might clash a little bit here. And I don't know how it's going to play out. Clearly didn't. Credit to both men. And I thought I thought they did the, the right move. I thought MJF winning was the correct call because I do think it's going to set up a tag team match with uh, MJF and Wardlow against Sting and Darby at some point. Oh, I should be there for that. <laughs> well, only because I was thinking about the fact that like I was at Double or Nothing. I was at... Um... Uh, what was the other one? Arthur Ashe, uh, Grand Slam. And like, I was just thinking about how I've kind of seen Sting's major matches this year. And if he has another <laughs> one, I'm like, I should be there for these because yeah. they kind of rule. And so, uh, but, you know, I was thinking about 
um, uh, a couple of things when it came to this match. Uh, the first thing being that uh, MJF, uh, I, I don't know that he necessarily needed the win as much as Darby did, mainly because Darby did lose the match to uh, to CM Punk oh. just at the last pay-per-view. And I kind of feel like Darby is in a place where he needs another major victory. And I don't know what Darby's next feud is. And like, you know, as I was going down the line mentally of like, who could Darby feud with next? And I thought like he could face Malachi, but Malachi kind of doesn't need to lose either. And so I thought this was a match that I thought Darby probably needed a little bit more than MJF did. And I would have preferred to have seen MJF kind of one up because MJF, uh, is still kind of known as a, a pretty good professional wrestler. And when he goes out there and wrestles, he can go. But that's not something Darby's so much known for. And Darby could have gone out there and kind of won up to Matt's game, which he kind of did. That was a story here anyway, and that MJF ultimately needed to cheat. But I felt like I, I would have been pretty satisfied with just straight-up Darby win. Alex, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I thought this... Man, it was it was right down to this one, um, or or Miro uh, Danielson for me for match of the night. Um, the Punk and Kingston, we'll get to it. Was was something different. It was like a cathartic <laughs> emotional experience. Yes. not really a wrestling match. But um, but this, I, you, I don't. I guess I don't think of these two guys as being the workers that they are. And then seeing them in the ring together, realizing how young they are how much of their careers they have ahead of them. Like there's a chance that in like eight years, these guys are the two top guys in the entire company and they're facing each other for the title. Like that kind of a thing. Like, I mean, like two top guys in the company, two of the top guys in the world. Like these, like there, there was stuff to like, like, well, MJF is just a guy who talks like that counter to a code red into a power bomb was oh. noise. Like that thing was amazing. I hadn't seen anything like that before. Um, uh, Darby, like Darby's one of those guys that he may not make it eight years because he might kill himself in the ring. Like, he's just like, I'm going to do coffin drops off of everything. Um, and, uh, that one on the apron. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. every time he does that, it's a thing I've seen him do more than once. Like that's, that's your bump card is full. You can do that <laughs> once, check it off and you don't have to do that again, but he, he loves doing it. Um, I thought that this was a really well-told story and we should have known the whole thing was always going to come down to either you cheat and get yourself disqualified and I prove that I beat you mentally or I'm going to cheat because I put the diamond ring in my trunks at the before I came out here I was always planning to cheat like he was like just... adjusting his trunks a bunch by the way yeah. like in the first in those opening maybe like first five minutes I noticed he like kept adjusting his trunks yeah. and I kept thinking there's something there that's <laughs> like really bothering him because uh, yeah. This, yeah, he can't was... seem to stop like reaching down there um and I do have a question though uh like legit I was thinking about this because the only answer I can think of is maybe Bianca Belair. But is there anybody else who has debuted since 2019? So been on TV since 2019, who is as far along in terms of star presence as MJF and Darby are? I can't think of anybody else no. except maybe Bianca. But like, 
uh, who, like I said, made their TV debuts yeah. 2019, which both MJF and Darby did. And right now, um, the fact that they connect with crowds the way they do, um, for better or worse, as far as MJF is concerned, uh, and just in terms of like, you can put these two against each other. And right now, it didn't, I didn't feel like I was watching a match of like, oh, yeah, two guys who are going to be there one day. I felt like these are two like of AEW's top guys. Um, and it and, didn't even, and they're like only going to get better over the next several years because they're yeah. still so stupidly young. Like mm-hmm. to be this talented, to, to absolutely get it about pro wrestling this early is really, really rare. Like it, it, and it's, I'm, uh, yeah, they don't, they don't, it does not feel, it feels like MJF is the kind of guy who you would expect to have a really big head behind the scenes and not like agree to do certain stuff because, Hey, I'm MJF, but it feels like watching his matches, like he understands how to give and take and follow that story where you would expect him to be this egomaniac because I can get away with it. I'm MJF, but it feels like watching it that he's not that guy, even though he plays it whenever we see a microphone in front of his face, whether or not he's in character or not. Yeah. Uh, MJF is definitely uh, way more of a student than obviously he'll ever let on. Uh, and you can see it and you can see uh, how much joy he gets out of certain things. Like you think about the fact that uh, it's not really a secret that MJF is a big CM Punk fan and that like thinking about it, probably his next feud. And I can just imagine how much he's going to take in from that. Um, that being, you know, the, the reason for him being who he is and the reason, um, I mean, cause you've seen the picture of him and CM Punk as kid as a kid. Right. And like that, that was clearly like somebody who, uh, influenced him as a heel and his heel presence. Um, and I say that because obviously I'm 34, like, CM Punk as a a top heel to me is like still in my adult life but looking at MJF somebody who's what 25 Mm -hmm. so we're talking about top heel CM Punk was when this guy was a teenager this is a guy who uh was taking all that in in his adolescent years and if that's what's next for MJF and I feel like it should be uh I'm excited to see what comes from that uh, Jonathan McPherson says MJF may be the best entertainer in the world, but he and Darby really had a shot at stealing the show on a night about great wrestling. Amazing stuff. Reese Power says tonight felt like it was a coming out party for the four pillars. The opening match was phenomenal. MJF showed off in the ring. And Dog King says MJF shouldn't wrestle often so he can constantly win without going up in the rankings. Same ring as in Punk doesn't wrestle often and they don't care. The rankings are dumb. Don't get me started on that stuff. Stupid. I love the rankings. You would, Will. You would like the rankings. I absolutely love them. Look, honestly, the rankings are the only way that you could justify doing Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega as the main event of All Out, and people don't go, hey, I wasn't asking for that. Because it's like, well, he didn't win the most matches, so like, he was... Yeah, the super important important rankings where we're going to determine the top contender for our world title by having powerhouse Hobbs in here who just lost to CM Punk. Very important (laughs) AEW title rankings. The rankings suck. Hey, it's still better than nothing. It's still to me better than just like showing up and winning a title shot. To me, I'll take rankings all day long as long as there's like some mild explanation for why somebody is challenging for that title. I am way happier with that 
than anything else. The, the very important rankings. Here's a casino ladder match to get a title shot. And you the move to the top of the rankings. That's the, the that's very the way to get around rankings. the rankings. Yeah. The very important rankings where Jay Lethal just comes in and is like, hey, can I get a title shot? And it's like, yeah, they, sure. they, They've never said the TNT title. Uh, <laughs> don't, list the rankings. don't list Don't list the TNT yeah, champion right. for a world title shot. In the rankings. Yeah. I, I don't actually like totally hate the rankings. <laughs> I just think they could be uh, utilized better. But I do mm. like that. They do a good enough job with I, it. I, I, I could have sworn that your theme song says wins and losses don't mean shit. So, uh, <laughs> does our theme song say that? Probably does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do I know the lyrics of the distraction theme better than you that? should? It's a great song. <laughs> it's a great song. Shout out to Kyle of Loss. It's a great song. Now, I don't mind the rankings because it does give importance to things. Like, if you're a casual person or a new person, Joseph said this, and like, you see number three attached to this person. It's like, oh, that person kind of seems important. I just think overall they could just do a better job with a lot of stuff. Uh, Oscar Villanueva says, had to smoke a cig after that match. Stars. Hey, man, whatever you got to do. Um, AW World Tag Team Titles, Lucha Bros against FTR. But they, they had a great match. They had a fantastic match, as you would expect, from Lucha Bros and FTR. And then that finish happened. And what was I that? I don't know how to feel about this finish. I said, I, I tweeted it. Rick Knox being incompetent is the best long-term story AEW is telling because FTR, like he did a good job of recognizing who the legal man was and everything. And, and they even pointed out on commentary and then FTR put on the, the, the uh, Los Ranas match it, or mask and he pinned the wrong guy, he pinned cash when, when Dax was the legal man and the, the commentary pointed out and it's just like, uh, Sure. Maybe this leads to FTR's argument of like, you didn't actually beat us. Like you, you winning is, it just came off so weird. It's so flat, especially after all the shit they did too. They were kicking out of everything in this match, which is kind of a staple of a Lucha Bros match, but like they were kicking out of everything in this match. And then just pin the guy, the wrong guy with the mask on. Will, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree on the, the finish. I thought there'd be more to that of like, hey, that's like very obviously not Dax Harwood. But uh, beyond that, I, I did enjoy the match uh, greatly. I thought um, there's some really, really smart and inventive spots. Um, I thought the, uh, what do they call the the package pile driver finish? I can't remember that. But um, when Ray uh, did the stomp onto, uh, off the top rope to complete the package pile driver onto, um, cash wheeler and then jumps off of him onto dax harwood that was dope that was such a that should cool have been the finish thing. yeah that honestly you could have ended it there and i would have been satisfied um i would have liked this match to have finished pretty conclusively because we've already seen them have the uh not so conclusive finish and yeah for this to end with the masks and uh and end still in question i thought was uh not the choice i would have made uh but either way like everything up until that point i very much enjoyed alex popping me with the head shake go ahead alex um this match was was excellent up until the end <laughs> and the end just was like and i see people in the chat like explaining it like no i get what they were going for they just failed at it <laughs> Like I get they were like, oh no, they're telling the story that these are these are heels, right? And they got pinned, so now they're gonna complain and get a rematch. Yeah, I know, but 
you failed at doing it in a way that anybody, nobody in the arena got it. Everybody on my timeline was like, that ending was weird, at least weird, if not stupid. Um, oh no no no! But but they're 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 pretending to be luchadors, so it's so it's like it's karma against them. They lost to the luchadors. No, I get it, but it was really clunky. And the whole thing is like, listen, these two guys, um, they have they're very different. Like they have similar body types, but one of them has specific tattoos, and the other one doesn't. One of them has hair coming out the back of his luchador mask, and the other guy's bald. Rick Knox, like you bury this ref like to a point where he shouldn't be able to. This is the angle. Wait until Rick Knox is confident. It's gonna be the biggest pop in AEW history. (laughs) It's gonna be huge. Gonna be absolutely huge. Uh, I I will say there is one bit here that uh, I I very much uh, ironically popped for. So uh, Dax Hartwood um, goes for the three amigos on um, Penta. On Penta, and the crowd boos, right? Yeah. And uh, like the the crowd hates it. And then Penta goes for him, and the crowd cheers. And uh, Jr. or not Jr. Excalibur is like, and now Penta's gonna show him how it's done. And then like does him like way poorly. Yeah, yeah. Plus, <laughs> and like, and honestly, Dax's execution was actually pretty flawless. And then seeing Pinta's like not be, uh, I don't know that that very much popped me. Dax Harwood's so good. He like, is good. Oh, the, the match, week. the match against Pac. Oh, he's 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 a single star. Like he's yeah. so so damn good. I mean, he had the match earlier this year with Jungle Boy, and like yeah. that's another example of uh, Dax Harwood being able to go as a singles guy. And like honestly, I like FTR as a team, but. If they decide to explore that possibility of doing a singles run with those guys, um, because Dax is also a really good talker, like there's nothing to lose there other than FTR. Uh, Jonathan McPherson says Lucha Bros and FTR didn't feel like it had near falls, but like it had multiple alternate endings, and I was sold on everyone. Luis uh, says, Luis, did you pay for this or did you just put this in here? Where's the money, Luis? Uh, I said that that finish had uh, AAA written all over it. It's probably the buildup for a Triple Mania regime. Yeah, they are going to wrestle again in less right. than a month at Triple Mania. So I'm sure that'll play some type of factor into it as well. Like Alex said, like I got the finish. I understood what they were going for. That doesn't make it like good or that it didn't that it didn't come off as as they intended to because the crowd seemed very confused by it. The announcers. We're, we're definitely like, wait, they, they fucked that up. And yeah, a lot of people on, on my timeline as well are like, uh, what was that? What, like, what happened there? Like, we got it, but it just, it's not, wasn't just weird. Um, okay. Luis says he did, he did pay for it. I'll, I'll double, <laughs> I'll double check that, Luis. Don't, don't put that on your invoice either. So I'm, I'm curious about something. Off. Uh, because I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat talking about, um, the Bleacher Report streaming. Um, so I am curious because this is my first time doing it through Bleach Report because I was at All Out, so I didn't watch it live. Uh, and so I'm curious, how was you guys' streaming experience tonight? Mine was good. Yeah, we, we, uh, my wife is now working from home, so we just upped our internet to the highest speed possible. And I was wa- watching it on my Roku TV. I had no issues at all. I was worried because I've heard nothing but terrible yeah, things same. about the VR app. But 
I had, but that's probably because we were like, can you give us the fastest internet possible? <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have pretty high speed internet and had no issues with anything all night. So the concern for me was more so about um, app compatibility more than anything else, because the, the one thing that is most disappointing to me is that the um, BR app is not available nearly as many places as BR Live was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was curious about that because it's not available for Android TV. Although, as I tweeted like a month ago, I did successfully port the app to Android TV. So if anybody just wants to toss me... Um, six figures i'll go ahead and uh release that uh uh, it's very doable um and so i'm curious why the br developers haven't done it because it was really easy but uh anyway the so i ended up watching it via chromecast i just pulled it up on my phone and uh i chromecasted it and it was really clean like surprisingly clean to the point of where uh it looked a lot better than because I ended up buying All Out just to rewatch it, uh, and it looked a lot better than the stream of All Out has looked for me and sounded way better. So I'll say I actually did have a pretty flawless experience, but I heard people having like nightmare experiences. I heard people uh, on their Xboxes weren't having a great experience. Um, well, one guy, Xbox. <laughs> one guy had commented um, that they were having issues on their Fire Stick, and then later reiterated that. Oh, but also my fire stick is like 10 years old. <laughs> like, well, that's maybe your problem. I don't know. I didn't have any issues with it, but I'm curious to see what um, other. The, o- the only issue I have with it was you can't pause it, can't rewind it. Yeah. So that, that, that sucks. I attempted I, I, one time to pause it and it stopped the whole stream. And I was oh, like, okay, yeah, I could, so I, couldn't I need do to anything. like I couldn't do anything. restart yeah. the stream. Brian Danielson against Miro, AEW world title. Eliminator tournament final. Brian Jameson's so fucking good. <laughs> so good. Miro is also also excellent. Um the the finish. I, I want to get y'all's thoughts on the finish here because Danielson hits a hits a tornado DDT, looked a little rough and then and then got into the guillotine for, for the victory. I was surprised Danielson won. I thought it was gonna set up a Miro victory. And you know him going after him going after the world title, but Danielson got the win. Thought it started a little slow, but once it picked up, it it definitely picked up. And I mean, I think Danielson's the best of all time, and Miro just continues to impress. Um, continues I don't think there to, could have to been impress. Any doubt that? Uh, so I guess the only reason I didn't doubt that Brian was going to win was just because I uh, I figured it needed to cast doubt on the main event because obviously we had the story Fair. of. Uh, you know, because Danielson still has unfinished business with Kenny, and I felt like Danielson winning could, for anybody who's still in that mindset of, uh, maybe they'll let us down, but at least we will have the Brian and Kenny rematch. I feel like they needed to cast doubt on the main event, and I thought that, the only way to truly do that was Brian winning. That That's fair. I thought Miro was going to win because I thought when this was originally going to be Moxley, that Moxley was definitely going to win, and so Miro could easily sort of fill in that angry heel kick the shit out of people uh, role that Moxley was seemingly being set up for, um, you know, be, before he he went to inpatient treatment. So that's why I thought Miro was going to win. And then 
you know, Hangman beats Miro, and then Miro wants to punch God in the face for, for losing it, which he can still do after losing right. this match. He can go punch God in the face. Alex, what were your thoughts? My my thought, again, was that, that Miro was going to beat Danielson because I think they were originally going to have Mox do it, and then, and then have Paige have his first defense be against either, in, in the case of Mox, a guy who will murder you because it's fun, or um, Miro, a, a monster who will who will crush your spine, um, and have him have to overcome that in his first defense. Then I saw Miro come out, and not only was the quad still taped up, but he had a bunch of keno tape on the on the hamstring, and I was like, this might be worse than we think, and he might need to go get something taken care of. So he gets out of the way, and da- and Danielson go, and then you can have Miro like Miro if Miro disappears for like a month six weeks like and then he comes back and he's okay but he's still angry you can we can reignite this whole thing he's been going on and he can hate brian danielson and you could like if brian danielson gets beat by hangman page then brian danielson's gonna have something need something to do it's not just you know beat a different guy every week you actually got to get him something to do and if by that point after losing to hangman page um i'm predicting that because i don't think I just don't think you do that to Adam Page. I don't think you you have him lose in his first title defense. I just I can't I can't imagine them doing that. So if Danielson loses, he needs something to do. And Miro coming back with a vengeance on Brian Danielson because Brian Danielson stopped him from getting home to his bride. Like there's there's a thing you can do there. The match I loved. Like there were like certain there were, there were absolute moments in there where like okay now the tone has shifted. Like you could watch like something happen and all of a sudden something changed. It was really, really good. The point where there was like Mermiro just stood there and raised his arm and said, kick me here, little man. That oh, was, that, that popped me so hard. Yes. I was, I love these guys so much, both of them. And I'm watching this and thinking to myself, WWE had these two dudes for years and could have run this shit at any point. And like, it was just, like, I don't know. These guys feel like they're made for each other. Literally made for each other. I if you'll recall, they did it one time. One time. And it was in it was in route to it was a money in the bank qualifying match, yep. if I remember correctly. And it was in route to Brian versus Big Cast 2. Yep. <laughs> it was yep. literally just like a passing match just where Miro won. Did. He qualified for money in the bank, and then Brian um goes on to money in the bank to face big cast who was released the next day yep that's the thing they did <laughs> i i i absolutely love the match again i think danielson is uh is is the absolute goat that as far as the finish goes i i understand people in the chat i get it i know why it made sense it just came off a little clunky like miro kind of took the bump a little bit weird and then it seemed like it was just supposed to be a little bit smoother with that it didn't kill my enjoyment of the match or anything i it just it looked like it should have been smoother from from these two guys but there were there were there was there was a moment there um where it was a callback to brian's last match at wwe did you guys notice that where he had the label lock like trying to get the label lock on on miro but miro fought out of it and then got achieved like full mount and was raining down elbows on him which is exactly how roman beat brian in his last match in wwe and i thought well now if you have miro beat him like in that way like that becomes like a thing that like 
if you can get out of him and, and do that to him, then you can beat Brian. But they didn't do that. But I also loved that the way he lost his last match in WWE, guillotine choke. So he, yeah. he wins this match. with the, He's already he beat, um, I think it was uh, Rhodes, uh, Dustin Rhodes, in the first round of the tournament yes. with, a, with a guillotine. Like, I love that Like there's this thing there that kind of makes sense. But I also, that, that DDT looked so nasty off the ropes that I believed for a second, maybe Miro is actually unconscious. And the ref was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're done. We're done now. You don't have to put on the, the guillotine. It's over. But yeah, that was, that was some, oh, that was such a hard hitting match. Those two guys beat the tar out of each other. Hot take. Match. And uh, I'm really having to dig deep to see if I can counter this statement myself. But this might have been my favorite Miro match ever. And yeah. that goes back. I mean, look, we can we can throw out the, the... I can't remember. I'm sure he had fine matches as Rusev. I can't remember anything that's been, like, better as the Miro. The Eddie Kingston match. Oh, Will, you were there as well. Like, that yeah. That was a great match. That was really good. Um, yeah, that and... was a great match. Yeah, it's pretty much like those two. <laughs> I really like, enjoyed the Darby match. It wasn't like as long, but like the the story they told in that match, I really, I really enjoyed that match. It's probably those three. I'd probably put Darby third. Um, I'd have to maybe I need to rewatch the the Eddie match because not being there, I'm probably clouded being there live. Um, right. And I, I haven't watched it on on tape, so maybe. Otherwise, I'm I'm gonna say the Eddie match, but look. If you want to go the Brian match, I'm completely fine. Yeah, that, 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 that match tonight was, was one of my all timers. Just personally, my own personal taste. Those two guys just like Miro's like kick me in the ribs as hard as you can, and Daniel Bryan is like, okay, like, this is, that, this that is, thing this was is, so great. This is Danielson's fault, by the way. He's like, kick me there, and he's just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. This man, he's got a taped leg. Go with a leg kick inside that, leg. What are you doing, honestly, Brian? That, him not actually going for the taped leg, yeah, maybe go. That's a bad wheel, and he yeah. they have that looked at, and so he's like, we made an agreement. We're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. Which is I, odd I think, because, like, you feel like Danielson would be like, oh, that's a weak point. I'm gonna destroy that thing. But they didn't, so I think they think he's probably going to get something looked at. Yeah, yeah, I I, I I completely agree with you on that because yeah, Danielson is definitely smart enough. Okay, if you're going to take the leg, this is the leg I'm going to target, and he didn't target it once, so it does seem like they, this is why he didn't target it because it's it's not in great shape, and you know, try not to make it any worse. Uh, Stephen Williams says every Danielson match is a dream match. It, it feels like it. It does. Again, the absolute goat, the absolute goat, Brian Danielson. False count anywhere match. Super click against uh, Jurassic Express and and Christian Cage. Uh, they they did not do tags immediately, like we saw later in the evening. Um, they immediately pretty much just like went to, to the outside. So we had tags, we had tables, we had chairs, we had ladders, we had Christian jumping off the balcony, a little bit of everything. We had Adam Cole getting busted open in this match. Uh, the finish saw Jungle Boy hit the concerto on on Matt after Christian was setting up for it, and Jungle Boy said, "Nope, I'm ready." Earlier in the match, uh, Christian was going to hit the chair concerto, I believe, on Cole, and he he gave the chair to Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy hesitated and got cut off, and so later in the match, he was like, "All right, let's do this." He did it. Jungle Boy became Jungle Jack, 
and the Jurassic Express and Christian Cage go over the super click. Alex, your thoughts? Um, I I thought this was um this was this was fun. Like this was just a fun thing. I liked that the the baby faces came out in jeans. Even the dinosaur was wearing jeans. Um, and the and the heels were like we're wearing pink stuff. Look at our and pink I heels. Uh, I got, I got were so mad. painted pink goatee. Like I, commentary I like was so mad about this. By the way, Tony <laughs> Schiavone was just like. Look at these twerps. Look at these assholes. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing is better than Tony Schiavone being just like a total homer for every baby face on the show. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Um, I thought this was all fine. Some of the spots were were, were great and everything, and then that, that's done. Um, there was there's a story they're telling with Jungle Boy and Christian, and I don't know what it is just yet. But for me, I've always looked at the concerto as a heel thing. Like you could kill a man doing that, so he better have like murdered your dog, or like your 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 revenge is a little outsized for me. So Christian insisting that Jungle Boy do it, and Jungle Boy's like, well, I, I don't really, I mean, I don't need to kill a guy. And then later, like, no, 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 I'm ready, I'm ready to kill a guy. Like that was like, is it is it? I think we're. I've always thought that we're gonna have Christian turn heel on Jungle Boy, but maybe it's Christian bringing jungle boy to the dark side as his padawan you know like that's that's an interesting thing for me that they might be doing i don't know if man heal jungle boy no i'm i'm saying that that he's trying to but Uh that that jungle boy will see that this is not i don't want like this is the thing like he's like yes i trust you christian if you're telling me to try and end this man's career i will do it because i trust you and then maybe it's going to be even weird, weirder, more over the line stuff that he eventually says, no, what are you, why, why are we doing this? And that's, what's going to cause Christian to turn on him. I think that could, that could be something that they're trying to do. And then Christian throws him in a fire pit. There you go. Jungle <laughs> Vader. Yeah. This was, I think, uh, I, I wasn't sure what this match was going to be. And honestly, I was concerned about having this match on the same card as the uh, Minneapolis street fight yep. because uh, I was like, I can't, I, I wonder what they're going to do um, similarly and differently. Um, and turned out there was a lot of similarities. Um, but the, what I didn't count on this match being was uh, like you mentioned, this was, the uh, jungle boy became jungle Jack, or uh, I feel more accurately became jungle man. Like dude has, uh, he's got a beard now, right? Like all of a sudden he is, uh, we saw him in beard and jeans. And uh, I didn't realize until the end of this match that this was the match to move jungle boy up a notch that um, he moved up a level here. We, we got to see, uh, the story of, yeah, he went for the concerto on uh, on Cole. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Wasn't sure and then got stopped in his tracks and like the moment where Christian's going to hit the concerto on Matt Jackson and... Uh, Jungle Man now says, I'm ready. And he says, give it to me. I'm ready. And I thought one of two things could happen here. Either he like plasters Christian Cage with the chair and we just go like balls to the walls, dumbass booking, because why not? Or uh, he does it and has his moment of uh, finally um, having a moment of triumph over the elite. Because like the Jurassic Express Elite stuff has been going on like a really long time. They face each other all out 2020. Um, and this is, and they've never really been able to get the better of uh, the Elite guys, um, whether it was Jungle Boy winning the uh, Casino Battle Royale earlier this year and facing Kenny Omega. Like, no matter what, he has not been able to get the better of the Elite. And this was his moment of <coughs> finally beating the Elite. And, uh, for that, like it was good. I think the match itself was a lot. Uh, I think you probably could have shaved like 10 minutes off of this and probably been fine. Because uh, all of the spots themselves were all really good. And ultimately, I'm satisfied with the story that Jungle Boy and Jurassic Express have overcome the elite. That said, uh, I just felt like, man, this is going on and on and on. I, I I really liked all the stuff on the ramp, particularly mm-hmm. because I liked watching the animated ramp. Yes, <laughs> like that was really cool. Um, and I think that if you have a false count anywhere match, like just just do it all of it away yes. from the ring, like yeah. that you're allowed to. So did you have the like... concern like I did, by the way, when he went for the concerto on the ramp that he was gonna like crack <laughs> the screen? And I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> Uh, but then he didn't no i I agree with that though that uh all the ramp stuff was was a lot of fun and like christian in the um in the crowd and probably my my underrated performer of the year in uh brandon cutler um just continues to be so great in that he's so So great great. he is so great uh and there was a lot that this match did deliver on but for the most part like i said i just felt like it, it dragged for me um, I'm curious what the actual match time was because uh, it just felt like it was going on forever. But uh, let's see what it was. This match, give me a time, 22 minutes and 35 seconds. It is, uh, is that the longest match on the show? I think it is. 
No, no, no. The the main event was. Uh, was main event went three minutes longer than this. So huh. I don't know. I know the first two matches were like they 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 flew by, but like I knew they were kind of long because those first two matches, that was the first hour right mm-hmm. there. The, yeah. the, those first two matches, but I don't. Are you like using Wikipedia? Wikipedia is wrong a lot of times. Like I mean, well, at the moment, Wikipedia has been vandalized because uh, uh, the, it says uh, PC Monk defeated Kofi Kingston, and uh, we've got <laughs> the main event. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's been completely vandalized. American <laughs> Alpha competed on this show. Nice. <laughs> Miss oh. that shit. Miss that match. Whoa, good to Christian see Jason Jordan back in the ring, though. That's <laughs> yeah. that's good to hear. I, I thought Adam Cole bumped his ass off in this match on top of uh, being busted open. They're going to abuse this thumbtack in the mouth spot, and it's already annoying me. Like, they, they did it with, with Kingston, and, like, that was great when they did it, but I feel like they've done it about 100 times since then. Like, Britt did it in the match with Abaddon, and it led to nothing and then a roll-up ended up winning uh they're they're gonna abuse this thing i did like the the thumbtack knees i don't understand why all three men needed a pen like you know one man can pen after something like that and then the other man can kind of stand guard to make sure no one breaks it up and instead you know someone broke it up uh but overall i enjoyed it it did feel pretty long and yeah if you, you shave some time off of it it's probably a little bit better before we get into our next match actually let's uh do so do some quick super chats here nerd guru says i really hope adam cole gets his win back uh back up this drastic feud has been a stinker for him i think he should beat sammy for the title i think it's been fine i thought well, that yeah I, I i thought it was gonna lead to a singles match with christian i'm not fully ruling that out uh luis is noting that it's it was 22 20 per cage match i would definitely trust the cage match times over the okay. uh the Wikipedia oh, I'm times. sorry. It was off 15 seconds. Uh, oh, okay. The <laughs> God, um, Luis. Uh, Reese Power says, Jungle Boy stole that match. The rolling motion he showed in every single stage, or in every stage of that finishing concerto was amazing for character development. Flim Flam Mandrew says, What a concerto. Jungle Boy became Jungle Man. Uh, Jeff Claiborne says, Jungle Boy, I'm ready. Me, all Jungle Boy grew up and committed his first murder. Uh, Disable 37 says, how are we not getting over a dinosaur oh hitting a star press? Great that was press. insane. Yeah. Insane. Like, yeah. yeah uh, that, well, I did like the touch of Adam Cole learning from Britt, who put tax in Abaddon's mouth and then went, came, did you see? Did I see where, when I put tax in Abaddon's mouth? Like, I like that spot, honey. I'm going to do that in my next match. And then he stuffed thumbtacks in Jungle Boy's mouth. They're abusing that spot. It's not like Britt was the first person to do it. Like they, the they did it I appreciate the connection between those two because yeah. obviously they would have talked about it. The the Bucks did it with Kingston. They did it with Penta as well at All Out, if I if I recall correctly. Yeah, like, yeah, they're going to abuse that spot. That's that should be much. something like big time. You're putting tacks in this man's mouth and kicking him. I think that was the finish of the Kingston match, was it not? Um, like they're they're gonna abuse it. Knock it off. Don't they're, they're gonna make this the new Canadian destroyer. Tax in somebody's mouth. Don't do that. Let's go to a word from our sponsors. Surely you didn't think that just because I'm not physically on this show that we would shave off our ad reads, right? Oh no. Oh no. Because we're busy shaving something else off, my friends. Make sure you have those manicured nuts. With Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code FIGHTFUL at Manscaped. 
com. Oh, man. You don't want to look like you've gone through a main event match with your nutsack when you're trying to care for them. And Manscaped makes sure that you don't with that perfect package 4.0. The hygiene bundle includes a lawnmower 4.0, weed whacker, boxers, travel kit, and liquid formulations. That lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help you with your close shave. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer makes sure you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. And it also has proprietary skin-safe technology. But even beyond that, you get the boxers. You get the travel bag. They've got a foot duster. They've got a crop reviver. It's a ball toner, of all things. Plus the crop preserver to prevent chafing. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FIGHTFUL. Manscaped.com. I won't get enough credit for Will talking about shaving off match time and me going right into the ad read about shaving balls, but I would like credit, please, on that. Uh, Andrade and Malachi Black, all dressed in black. Uh, Actually, Andrade was playing for the New York Yankees. Sorry. Cody and Pac, all dressed in black. Um... This match was about 45 minutes, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and the, the finish was was Cody and, and Pac won. Too too long for my liking. Just just too long. I was hoping this was gonna be like a solid like 12 minute kind of sprint type thing. It was can they coexist? They they all kind of coexisted. It was fine. There was nothing bad about it, but like the crowd just they they were down. On this. this, this match really brought the crowd down, and they were hot for everything all night, and it brought me down as well. Will, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I kind of got dinner during this match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What'd you Come have, on. Will? What'd you have for dinner? Um, I I had a pork roast, and I popped it in the oven like right at the start of the show, and I'm like, all right, this is gonna be ready right in time for this match, and it was, and uh. That was what I had. And then I ate pie. But uh, as far so I, I, I will say I did make it through the, the entrances. And I was like paying it uh, attention uh, most throughout. Um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how many people like I was noticing uh, in the arena. Our friend Cher was there and posted a bathroom selfie from uh, the arena. <laughs> Of like, this is my bathroom break match, which is surprise. I mean, like, it for, it's surprising for who's in it, right? That this was kind of the cool down match for so many people. Uh, and that I guess that that's all I could say. I noticed a lot of people were unhappy with with Cody's presence in the match. Um, I'm shocked that people are still pushing for the heel turn for him. You know, you're not gonna get it. Like, it's not going to happen. Um. Except in the sense that you you are like Cody has already illustrated the point of um, the absurdity of the statement that we'd like you more if you turned heel. And he's like, but that's like the opposite of how that's supposed to work. Um, and yeah, as, as far as the match itself was concerned, um, I got back into it right around the point uh, of, of course, this being a can they coexist kind of match. And uh, Pac hit, um, it was a 
dive to the outside and he ended up hitting Cody. And that was when it like kind of got my attention again. And that was probably like the last five minutes of the match. And that finishing stretch was fine. Uh, and, and pack one. Alex. AEW doesn't do can they coexist stuff. So them doing it was interesting to me. Like uh, the, under in this circumstance, yes, we know that Pac and Cody have nothing in common except for they both hate these two guys. And I liked that like as we were going on, Malachi and Andrade are are tenuous friends at best. And so when neither of them can put away Pac, they get kind of like like no, no well tag me in and I'll do it. Like I thought that was kind of cool because these guys are two basic like assholes who probably wouldn't like anybody. So they're they're not best buds. Like I appreciate that kind of eroding as the match went on, and I loved loved the fact that they started the match with with Pac and Cody not getting along at all because they have nothing in common besides the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, I really like the spot where Cody. <laughs> didn't like being tagged in and it was like yelling at Pac and then turned around and ate the black mass and then just slept on the side outside the ring for 15 minutes. That was great. And, and, and then the story was, can Pac survive long enough to be able to tag Cody and when Cody wakes up and he gets over to the corner and he's not there. And he's just yelling at him, "Get up! Why don't you come over here and tag me in?" It was that was that was great to me. This was a ridiculous, weird. This match, I think, would have been way better if it was on a dynamite. Yeah, like this was the match that you don't. They there was a last match they added, and it doesn't need to be on this show. And you can take it off, and and then the match, the, the thing wouldn't feel so long. Like the crowd was dead by the time the women came out, and that's that's not the women's fault. That's their match placement and the fact that they're they were just it's too long of a show. So this match could be excised and run on dynamite, and probably would have gotten a much better reaction. If the 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 ending was weird, I love Pac getting the victory, like Pac basically like kind of cementing this feud with Andrade at least for now by getting a clean victory over him in this match. And then Cody being like, everyone must attack me. So I am the most important person in this match. Everyone come down here and attack me. And so they did. And then it was so funny. He was rolling around on the ground outside the ring after being attacked. And he has the girl to say, is Pac okay? Where's Pac? Is Pac all right? <laughs> like, you don't care about Pac, you <laughs> jerk. I thought it was so great how the crowd was booing everything he was doing. And he was like looking around like, what, me? Why would you boo me? Uh, it's just, it's the silliest, weirdest thing that AEW does. It just, it's just so odd. You know, I, I'll give Cody credit. Uh, one thing that's felt different about Cody's involvement here is it's a little bit refreshing from the Cody we've gotten for the last year. Because one of the things that a lot of people, including myself, have felt about Cody is that he has felt so detached from everything happening in AEW that like the Shaq feud felt like it, like it kind of was happening on a different show. And like all the stuff with QT Marshall felt like it was happening on a different planet. And like Cody's just didn't really feel like he was a part of anything else going on in AEW. None of his feuds like intertwined with 
anything else. Nothing with QT Marshall or or Anthony Agogo was like happening with anybody else on the roster. And him tagging with Pac and him being involved with Malachi and Andrade suddenly felt like, okay, Cody's a part of the show again. He is actually a part of uh, AEW again, and he's not just kind of doing a separate show inside the show, if that makes sense. Hannah mentioning the crow she is eating after being caught on camera singing Judas. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Cody verse. I want more Cody verse, honestly. <laughs> Let him be detached from everything and do his own shit. I don't need him in this stuff. Andrade, Malachi, Pat. Let him, let him keep doing their own thing. I want Cody to be detached from all this stuff. It's what makes it works it's what makes uh makes it so great with the heel turn everybody booing him and stuff. That he is in his own little world. I don't want him blending into all of this stuff. <laughs> that's that's the brilliance of Cody. I love Cody. I I I, I know I I I think the Cody verse has been just a great thing for the last year, but it has been refreshing to see Cody be a part of just normal AEW storylines again. And this felt like the first match where he was involved with other people in the company. I don't want that. I don't want Cody feeling <laughs> part of this company. I want Cody doing his own shit. That's the Cody Rhodes that I love. And it says, I am ashamed, but also Hangman is the champ. So I'll survive. He'll be okay. It was a great moment. And see, Hannah, the lesson here is don't stand for anything. <laughs> uh, That's all. Apex Caliber says, uh, Cody seems like a mix of Triple H and John Cena. It's annoying. I don't, please do not put Cody and, and John Cena in that category. Thank you. Uh, Jay Poe says, we want Malachi Black as a killer, but we are getting a story about Cody because Cody fucking rules. That's why you're getting a story about Cody. <laughs> Malachi and his lore. He's going to bring in Brody King and, and Bud Matt, hopefully. It'll be fine. Malachi will be okay. He is not like he's, I mean, he did lose the one match to, to Cody. Andrade losing here was sort of surprising because I think uh, I think Andrade kind of has like star potential. Now he's lost kind of two matches. He's playing for the Yankees, so I guess he can't win them all because um, the Yankees don't win anymore. So I I'm with you guys. Like it, it felt like it just should have been a dynamite match. The crowd was brought down so much that it's like, oh man, it didn't fit. It didn't fit. And it is a long show. And I think for the most part, AW shows fly by, but they're also four hours long. Yeah. And that's just, that's just very long. I mean, I, I would have been much more interested in, in a pay-per-view match of just straight up Malachi versus Pac for 12 minutes. Just let them kick the shit out of each other. Like, like Mal Pac has a reason to hate Malachi. Malachi's cost him that match or, or attacked him before. Just book that as opposed to this, which just it's like it. Re it feels like a uh, like a weird storyline from like like a, a WWE video game where they would shoehorn a, a guy into a storyline if you're playing like career mode that he has no business being a part of. Like, why am I teaming with Triple H all of a sudden? That doesn't make any sense. That's what it feels like. And like, I don't do not compare Cody to Triple H. Don't do this. I, I honestly think it, I think it was I, I legit believe that Tony Khan just kind of realized that he backed himself into a slight corner over the fact that like, let's say this match got cut from the pay-per-view simply because it just wasn't right. 
The problem is all four of these guys missed the last pay-per-view. That's true. Uh, and that Andrade versus Pac got cut from all out. Uh, Cody wasn't, um, he was filming the Go Big Show and that left uh, Malachi off of all out as well. So as a result, all four of these guys missed the last one. And I think they were just kind of in a bit of a corner and like, we've got to get these guys on the show again. Just look, that that's fine on the show. I don't need this match going, going 45 minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do do a fun little sprint type of thing. This match just felt so long and it bled into the next match of uh, Ty Conti. And um, am am I willfully ignoring the pedigree teases? It's not a pedigree. He did the, the tiger driver. That's, that's what he did. Like it's a tiger driver tease. It's not teasing the pedigree. Should do the pedigree. I think it'd be great if he did it. Then then he just suck it <laughs> after he does the pedigree. This will lean fully into it. He he rules, unlike Triple H. Um it bled into the next match, uh, the AW Women's Championship match, Britt Baker against Ty Conti. The crowd, this is not the women's fault. They worked very hard, and by the end, they, they got the crowd behind them. Yeah, they I would say they, the crowd got into it. Yeah, exactly. But they, they were working hard from the start, and the crowd just did not care. One, I think this is bad placement after after that match that, that no one really cared about. Two, I don't think this feud was very good. I the 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 context of the feud with your ass is fake and all this stuff and you know sort of the the oh your ass kind of slept your way to the top and we know why you're here type of deal I didn't like any of that I thought they they did a disservice to both these women and it was very paint by numbers of okay here's Ty Conti being a bad friend and saving Anna Jay after these attacks very late Britt Baker used to be the best thing about the women's division. She's still very good, but for some reason they took the mic away from her and just had her do like one minute backstage promos in the, in the whole lead up to this and the source material of these promos were not very good. And the crowd kind of treated it as such of like, Oh yeah, you guys haven't invested like too much time for, for this match outside of just very simplistic stuff. So we're not going to invest too much in it. Both women worked really hard. Uh, They did get the crowd into it by the end and you know i thought i thought it was a very good match uh ty conti rules love the 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 trios kick to the face in the corner it's the greatest spot in wrestling love ty conti just kicking people in the face uh the lockjaw got countered but Britt countered the roll up for a roll up of her own to get the victory will what do you think of this match uh so i think there's one other piece missing here and uh because i agree with everything you said I think Britt is suffering from uh, what I would call the Roman problem to a smaller extent. And that is that um, Britt hasn't necessarily had credible opponents. And that's not to say that Ty is, that's not a knock on Ty in any way, but the fact that at no point did I ever believe for a second that she was the one to dethrone. Like, I I feel like if you're going to have a long reign like that, I need to at least have the reign be in doubt from time to time. And Britt hasn't had it be remotely in doubt at all. And when the fans don't have that doubt in place, um, it's kind of hard for them to get into things from the start. I think the match did a good job of creating that doubt that there were times throughout the match where it felt like, oh, okay, I could actually see Ty winning this. And I think that helped the crowd buy into it. But I think going into it, everybody in that building was like, all right, this is Brit's next 
retention and she's on to the next thing. And I think as long as a reign is booked that way, it's hard to get people into matches from the start. Uh, and this match had that problem. It had some really um, cool inventive spots. Uh, I actually, um, I, I didn't necessarily like that Ty's finishers weren't protected in the same ways that Brits were because um, Lockjaw has been extremely protected pretty much all year. Uh, and Ty hit everything. She hit the Ty KO. She hit the DD Ty um, and all her other names that I love the uh, names of. Um, I just, I, I wasn't necessarily a fan of not protecting her nearly as much because uh, when she hit them, it was just straight up kickouts. And you do have Rebel at ringside. You do have uh, Jamie Hader at ringside to protect Ty in that sense. And you didn't really utilize that. But you still had them interfere anyway. So uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. But I was a fan of um, what these two put on out there in order to get the crowd back into it. I love Ty. Uh, and I think Brit is... I, it's hard to say this about a world champion, but because of the conversations that are had around her, I will say um, slightly underrated uh, as far as being an in-ring performer. Alex? Um, I thought Ty worked so hard to get this match to where it needed to be. Um, I mean, Britt doesn't need to. She's kind of like there and 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 she does the stuff that she does and, and she's great at it. And she's, as, as you said, Will, she's only as strong... A great heel champ is only as strong as their babyface contenders. And I think Ty worked so hard to make this match believable that Ty could win because she's she's a she's a judoka, she's awesome, she could kick your freaking head off, and she made me believe, even though I knew she wasn't going to win. And that's not her fault. And the thing of it is, is that they had somebody ready-made to be. Um, I'm not talking about uh, Thunder Rosa, who I think is the person we all believe is going to take the belt away from Brit whenever I guess they're ready for it. Um, but they had somebody ready made to be a long Brit Baker feud, and they just stopped it after one match. Like Ruby Soho coming in as over as she was, that promo battle they had on one rampage leading up to that match. Like you had a like the thing about the way that this I abhor rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch on the other channel but occasionally somebody getting a rematch because let's say the heel champ cheated blatantly to get the victory like maybe you could stretch uh uh, uh one of brit's challengers into a two or three match feud as opposed to one and done we're moving on and and i feel like that is kind of It'll, it'll, it doesn't, you don't have time to like latch on to somebody's like, oh, I really believe this is the time to do it because you know, well, Ty's going to get her match and then she's going to lose. And then she goes to the back of the line and then we get somebody else up and we don't have ever time to actually build a, a, a heated rivalry or whatever. The one person we have that real history with for Brit because it predates Brit's reign as champ is Thunder Rosa. And so, I'm saying, like, eventually... I feel like we could have had that, by the way, with uh, Chris Statlander. Because that was another one that sure. you walked away, that they walked away Her from too. way too quickly when, like, she and Britt had history. And, like, 
Because like people forgot and they didn't even address it that um going into Britt's injury that that had her out all that time, she was feuding with Chris Statlander. It was scheduled to face Chris Statlander at double or nothing. And uh that match got changed to what Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford at double or nothing. But that was supposed to be the right. match. And like you could have done so much more with that. And I feel like they they kind of it was just a one and done and they abandoned it. Um and I thought Chris Statlander could have been uh then actually I'll leave that for uh I guess super chats, but um I felt like Chris Statlander probably could have been uh one of the opponents to at least really make us put her reign in doubt because right now that's the problem I'm having with Britt Baker's reign. At no point is it feeling like it's in doubt and I need it to in order for her to feel like a stronger champion. Because when you overcome, when a heel overcomes those doubt moments, that is when you, they truly feel like somebody who is, has crushed your dreams. Uh, and I don't know how we get back there. It's been, it's been very odd that the best thing about the women's division during the pandemic era was Britt Baker and people are just like, oh, just wait until they you put the title on her. Like then it's gonna really elevate things where she does, she was just kind of a background player throughout the pandemic era to Britt Baker. And then once they put the title on her, now Britt has become like this background player to the TBS title tournament and Ruby Soho coming in and and this other stuff. Again, I don't know why they kind of like took the mic away from her in longer promo segments, just been kind of short backstage interview stuff. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Mike Provenger, too, says the women's title match never fully clicked to me, but the highs of that match were extremely high. That moonsault was wild. Yeah, great Charlotte Flair tributes uh, by all involved on that one. Taryn Reddick says Britt and Rosa is where the doubt and the money is. I, I'm fairly certain that's where they're going. And Pacers fan forever says, who do you see taking the title off of Britt? I, I think it's Rosa. Will? It's a, yeah, Thunder Rosa. Yeah, for sure. Alex? Yeah, no, they're – if for some reason like Rosa isn't available, like God forbid she would get hurt or something, like you you can't keep it on Brit forever. I I think that Statlander and and Ruby so Ruby Soho to me is just is the natural one because she, I, I thought that that segment where they were insulting each other on the mic was magic. Like they never let their women do that, and I I I, I thought it was really unique. And I think Ruby's so over with the crowd, you could easily have made that into something besides the one and done and. Ruby falls back on the card. This TBS title tournament is awesome, um, but I wonder how that's going to muddy the waters as far as who's number one contender for what once we actually have that title on whoever it's on. Um, I would love to see something like Britt Baker um, has to beat Serena Deeb. How does Britt Baker beat Serena fucking Deeb? Like, she's a killer. Like, I would love to see that kind of a match because we haven't seen... Brit have that kind of like every babe, every heel champion should have one person they come across that they legitimately fear is going to take their title. And how do they respond to that particular kind of adversity? Brit is super confident and she should be, but there's got to be somebody she comes up, up against that she is like, I don't want to wrestle that person. That person's going to beat me. Like that kind of a thing, like the chink in her armor would be a really interesting story to tell, but they're not telling more than one story at a time, um, which they 
really need to be now. Like they yes. gotta be, they gotta be doing a, a, a non-title feud that lasts. And I will say they they're telling a couple stories right now <laughs> in that they have the the Cheetah Deep story going right now. And they just all seem to be away from Brit because right. you got the Cheetah Deep story, but then you also have um uh Red Velvet and Jade Cargill, but then you also have Jade Cargill and Thunder Rosa, right? And like there's like a few stories that are kind of like all intertwining and they're all being told throughout this tbs title tournament um so the tbs title tournament just as a whole is kind of like taken over as far as what they're presenting with the women's division i think another name that isn't really thrown out there i think you could revisit sheeta like if for whatever reason thunder rosa like wasn't available like um in that you could do maybe a back and forth trade because like one of the things people don't talk about a lot and sheeta just recently talked about this in an interview was where uh she talked about why she was taken off of tv and she specifically said she requested to be taken off of tv because she felt like she wasn't um and keep in mind for those who don't know me i'm a massive hikaru Shida fan so mm-hmm. like literally if uh jeremy over here um puts up a a uh, uh an article of a uh hikaru Shida <laughs> interview um that he has been up till two o'clock in the morning transcribing um i'm probably reading it but uh the uh, so what what's what's kind of cool though is yeah listening to her talk about the fact that she felt like she wasn't bringing enough to the table as far as um, the stuff outside of the ring and she's been taking acting classes and things like that and she felt like she wanted to be off TV for a little while until she felt she had that to bring to the table and now she feels like she's got that and you can see it you can see it in this uh, feud with Serena Deep that there's a lot of the little things outside of the ring that she's been doing that uh, you maybe didn't see from her before. And I like that. Um, And I feel like maybe I want to see her as champ again to see what she brings to the table this time around. So that's another thing. And that could be cool. She's been watching Sherlock Holmes, and that's how she's gotten better at, at promos. It was a real thing she said, everybody. That's what she said. Uh, R26, story-wise, Brit's title reign has been boring. I can't. They they haven't invested as much as I thought they were when she when she got the title. Nerd Guru says if not Rosa Ruby, the throning Brit to Mega Babe, uh, Mega Baby face new assigning Athena. No, uh, no, I am, and I also love Athena. But uh, if AEW goes its entire existence without ever, ever bringing somebody in and crowning them champion, they've done a service to me because that is my <laughs> least favorite thing in pro wrestling. I think it undermines the entire division you have, no matter what it is, whether it's your tag team division, your women's division, any division that you have going for you, if you bring somebody in from the outside and immediately have them win the highest prize of that division, you've undermined everything you're doing. And TNA was the king of that. They con- they love doing that. They just did it with the uh, the inspiration. And uh, um, I that drives me nuts. NXT does it. Um, I don't ever want to see AEW do it as long as they exist, ever. Well, J Poe says uh, Amber Moon throwing thrown in the mix will take this division to the next level. So, like, I'm fine with Amber Moon getting in the mix. I'm I'm kind of with Will. Like, you don't need to crown her immediately. Nah, don't okay. ever do that. Uh, <laughs> no, no. There's never a scenario where that's the right call. I promise. Unless it's like a Brock Lesnar scenario where like they just rip through people quickly. But again, I don't want to see it be somebody from another place. Like if it's somebody that you've brought in that is your pet project and you have you bring them in to destroy whatever it is you've laid the foundation for, fine. 
even still, that needs to be a rarity. The fact that Brock Lesnar is kind of like the most successful story there. It's going to be a while before I still ever want to see that again. What what do you what do you consider being brought in and made champion? Like if Danielson were to beat Hangman, has he been brought in and made champion? Or how long do they have to be in the company before they're eligible to? I'm just curious, like how long? Um, So like Brian is kind of making the exception, right? Because Brian, uh, I I still wouldn't crown Brian champion because there's a lot of um, kind of built in stories with AEW right now. And that like MJF probably to me feels like the next world champion um, after Hangman. Uh, There's a lot of other stuff I'd like to see before we get there. Uh, But if you went the Brian route, then the route you have to take is doing what Brian's doing, which is competing every friggin' week and winning, like constantly winning and going on a tear uh, in a way where suddenly now it doesn't necessarily feel like Brian is. Brian doesn't even feel like an outsider right now because he has competed every single week since he debuted or since he had that first match. And he is somebody who feels like he is assimilated into the roster and is, uh, and is a part of it and has worked his way up. So like, he's one of those guys I don't mind seeing there, but at the same time, no, I don't think he should win the title. I, I, and he's my favorite wrestler of all time. And I, I, I still don't want to see him win the title. I want to see uh, more happen from the, the ground swelling. That is AEW. Sam Punk and Eddie Kingston, they kicked the shit out of each other. Fucking Ooh, potatoes. And, and Sam Punk won with the GTS. Those are my thoughts on this match. It fucking ruled. <laughs> Alex, your thoughts? My thoughts are um, this was a cathartic emotional experience. It was not necessarily a wrestling match. These two guys, they they fought. They fought for real in front of us. Um, the, uh, my God. Uh, the, the fact that the match didn't start before Eddie got in a shot with that back fist uh, and then so just good. celebrated for it. Um, <laughs> like my my the thing I I wanted the most from this match actually happened, but they didn't go as far with it as I wanted. Eddie Kingston will be cheered in a match in AEW versus anybody. I don't think there's anybody you could put in a match that the crowd isn't going to eventually during the match say we want that guy. We want Eddie. Like, if you make us choose, we're choosing that guy. Now, there were a bunch of both these guys chants, and there were some CM Punk. Like, let's go, Eddie, CM Punk. Like, there was a bunch of that. But by the end, when the crowd started booing CM Punk, throwing those elbows to a basically passed out Kingston between the first GTS and the second one, and Punk noticed and started looking around like, the hell are you people doing like i'm the good guy here like i came back i'm the conquering hero from seven years away you guys cheer me like crazy doing stage dives and you're you're cheering this bum over me like there was that moment where he he started looking around like i don't understand what the reaction i'm getting right now is and then he put him away and then to prove he's still the nice guy Mr. Charles Montgomery Punk holds out the hand to like, I'm the nice guy. I'm the bigger man. Look how much of a bigger man I am. Shake my hand, Eddie. And Eddie rightly says, fuck you and leaves. Um, Like then he says to himself, see, that proves 
that proves you should have been cheering me the whole time. I think this is the catalyst for Punk to eventually be like, what what are we doing here, folks? Am, am I your conquering hero or am I not? Because I'm not, I don't like this mixed reaction I'm getting. Like there's a there's a moment that Punk is 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 moving toward that that moment where he looked around at the crowd booing him. Like I don't understand what I'm hearing right now. What like I got goosebumps from it. I was like, this felt so much like like Bret Hart basically doing the meme of why are you booing me? I'm right. Like there's this, it's it's so cool that they can tell that story. And the thing of it is, this match felt visceral and real and and electric. And the feud started by accident two weeks ago. Can you imagine if they figure out a way to like extend this thing over the course of the same amount of time that that Hangman and and Kenny got? So that when, not if, when Punk is champion, the guy to dethrone him is Eddie Kingston. Like that's what I'm looking for. Like I I said that uh, that this like. Hangman beating Kenny is the end of the AEW Cinematic Universe Phase 1. Phase 2 starts now, and I think Phase 2 ends with Punk getting dethroned by Eddie Kingston. It's a similar storyline they can work in in all kinds of magical ways. You know, um, uh, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, because, uh, so thinking about, first off, uh, CM Punk, and that... Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, what CM Punk we've been getting since he's been back, right? That a lot of people were like, man, I wanted, you know, CM Punk with a chip on his shoulder. And this is just happy to be here, CM Punk. And, you know, I, I understand that conversation, but I always had the question of, but what chip could CM Punk possibly have on his shoulder? Like, he genuinely seems like a happy guy to be there. He genuinely seems like, somebody who is happy doing what he's doing and i and he also doesn't seem to be fighting the system i don't know where the animosity for cm punk can come from and then you saw it tonight that it comes from the fans that the fans ultimately picked somebody else over him in a scenario where cm punk wasn't necessarily the bad guy now that said Obviously, there's a lot they very much saw coming here. I think they've heard these reactions for Kingston. They heard it in the Bryan match. We heard it in the CM Punk promo. We They knew. CM Punk did the Cena spot. Uh, like the first time he hit the shoulder uh, tackle, my brain went, that's not a thing CM Punk does. And he hit a second one, and I thought, I think I see where this is going. And then, and then uh, he hits the protobomb and then raises his hand. And we're like, okay. We, he definitely is leaning into the idea that in this version of the Voice of the Voiceless feud, CM Punk has become John Cena. And so I I dug that, and I appreciate him recognizing his role in all of this. Uh, and, you know, he talked about in his, uh, his interview with, uh, or as Eddie Kingston did in the interview with uh, Louis Dangor, that... Uh, you know, there's some Cena punk Easter eggs in there uh, that they've been laying since this all started. I will say, I kind of got the perfect amount of time out of this feud. Uh, that, as far as the contents were concerned, honestly, if they never even did the the parking lot stuff from this past Wednesday, 
I was pretty like thinking about how hot the crowd was for this after uh and I'm stealing a point from Sean in his tweet. Uh after one promo, uh really I guess we had one confrontation backstage, a promo from Punk, a confrontation promo in a video package, and that's it. And that was all this crowd needed to feel everything that they needed to feel for this. Uh, that sometimes you do need a hangman Kenny type feud that goes on forever. And sometimes you just need it laid out of like, this is why I hate you. This is why I have a problem with you. This is why I have a problem with you. When well, you let's fight like that is really all I needed to feel this. And I felt this match and, uh, like I said, if you're into uh, hash browns or French fries, uh, this match had plenty of potatoes because they, they were just laying them in there. And this match felt rough. It felt gritty. It felt real. Uh, I liked it. This was great in a different way than everything else on this card was great. Stephen Williams says, no long boys or trunks. CM shorts is where it's at. Oscar Villanueva says, the Cena spot had me... Uh, on my feed, freaking out. CM Punk is such a natural heel. Hope they use Eddie to further turn Punk. Reese Power says, "Where were Eddie and Punk attempting to break the record for the amount of times to say F you in a match? Possibly. Uh, the bad one, Jam Beard, says, CM, the doctor of Punkonomics. And Speed Punk says, everybody forgets Eddie Kingston is part of Second Gear Crew from GCW. Can't wait till Mance hears up so we can see them reunited on television i don't know if that's gonna happen it would be cool like I'm, I'm all for it i don't know if that's that's where they're going with all of this like i i love this there's a lot of different ways you can go with this if it's cm punk i just love that eddie kingston has brought happy-go-lucky phil and kicked him to the curb and is like this is who you really are you're a fucking prick and i'm gonna show the world that and CM Punk again, he can keep playing happy go lucky Phil off this. So like, see, I'm nice guy, whatever. But it that that full heel turn's gonna come, and I think they they've been laying the groundwork for it with this. This I role, mean, we talked about it on Grab City earlier today. Like, I that's a real thing, right? Like, if somebody's wronged you, but like all of a sudden you see they're kind of a changed man, but to you, you're like, no, you don't get to change until I say you get to change because. Uh, you have not uh, paid for what you did to me. So cut all that shit. We're done with that. Like, I want the old you so I can check the old you. Then go on about being the new you. That's like, that's real stuff, right? Like, that's that's real life stuff that happens all the time. And I, I dug all of that. And I thought it was a good way of kind of pulling CM Punk away from being... Um, I guess happy go lucky Phil, which again feels real. Like it's I don't complain about that because I I look at it like no, this is like a guy who missed this and missed having a reason to to feel like this. So uh, I don't hate that version of CM Punk at all. I didn't hate it. I was just waiting for that that yeah. dick CM Punk to come out and and we got it. Minneapolis street fight inner circle against men of the year and American talk team. These guys hated each other so much they decided to respect the rules of professional wrestling and hold on to the tag rope to begin things. It finally broke down. We had hockey sticks. We had footballs. We had a Prince sign. Uh, the end is saw Chris Jericho and Dan Lambert in the ring. 
and Chris Jericho hit him with a kendo stick, hit him with a stapler, and then went to the did the did the amigos and hit the the frog splash for the victory, and he paid tribute to Eddie Guerrero. Please let this be the end of it. It was a nice moment for Jericho to pay to pay tribute to Eddie. Please let this be the end of this feud. Alex? I had to look it up to be uh, correct, but uh, just to make sure it was correct. <laughs> but apparently, the toaster was invented in Minneapolis, so um, at least that was an actual factual thing from this match. There you go. But I the, the cool nods to Minneapolis. We're fine. They did two street fights on a show, and you started a street fight with let's do tags in and out. It, it didn't go go. Couldn't they rent the Mall of America for a night? Couldn't they film after it closed and do the street fight there? Like that would have been cool, right? Should have done that. Alex, what do you think? Well, this match was a literal bathroom break for me, so I missed <laughs> the first half of it, or what, or however long it was. I couldn't believe it was still going on by the time I got back from doing a bunch of stuff upstairs. Um, and uh what were you doing in that bathroom like no no there was bathroom and then i had to like check on my daughter who's sick and she's she's asleep i want to make sure she was okay whatever all kind of stuff i was like i don't care about this match so i'm gonna go and do it because the only time i can't pause the damn feed so i couldn't like pause it and then like fast forward back through it i just had to leave at some point this was the time I, i had to leave so i come back and ethan page is getting assaulted by a 150 year old man at ringside uh and then yeah (laughs) that's that's funny (laughs) and then um and then he gets dumped over the barricade i'm like well that's the guy i like the most in this whole thing him and scorpio sky how are they doing scorpio sky i see is laid out ringside well now i don't really care about any of this because because i i do love uh um santana ortiz and i like sammy Guevara fine but they've got that Jericho and Hager stink on them. And I'm I'm kind of done with I'm done with the inner circle entirely. Like just entirely, I don't want to see him anymore. Um, I want proud and powerful to like go be a tag team, have awesome tag matches. You guys rule. Get away from Jericho, he's dragging you down. I, I want Sammy Guevara. Everyone told me it was fine. Sammy Guevara needed to beat Miro. Because Sammy Guevara is white hot and they got to do all this amazing stuff with him. And I feel like he had that like one title defense versus uh, Bobby Fish. And then he had that thing versus Ethan Page. It was kind of a title defense, but it really wasn't because we knew he was definitely going to win because of the stipulation involved. And now he's moving on to do this other thing we're going to talk about in a bit. But I feel like if he's going to be the TV champion, make him the TV champion. And then Jericho hit a guy in the balls with a stapler and hit a frog splash and it's over like is it over can it be over now please like this this feud has always been a thing that i didn't like and now it's over thank god there are people in the in this in this feud who deserve to move on and do much better things can i would like for that to be a thing uh i don't think it's over (laughs) i think what uh, no i don't um i think the bigger picture is over but they have been teasing and we're not uh, they even teased it in this match we got uh, some samples of it um but they've pretty much been teasing since the start of this feud that this has to kind of end with scorpio sky versus uh sammy guevara that's fine that's a different feud anything that doesn't involve america's top team is a different feud oh to me i think 
it's going to continue to evolve them. Because um, I, I think that, I hate them so much. I, I think they <laughs> they are going to end up taking the the TNT title, um, and I just do. Uh, I, I love Scorpio Sky. I think he's I love great. Scorpio he's, Sky too. If he's I, the next TNT champion, that's great. He doesn't need Dan Lambert speaking for him ever, 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 ever again. Factual. Yeah. Uh, this he's, he's match, good enough on the mic by him by himself. This match was something. So yeah, they explain what a Minneapolis street fight is because, like, obviously, you go to any city, you can just slap street fight on it, and uh, you 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 have a match for that city. Except they went the extra mile. Somebody actually did go to, um, I guess, a website called Minnesota by Design. <laughs> Uh, where uh, they went and looked up everything that was invented in the city of Minneapolis and thereby could be used in this match as a weapon. And uh, Excalibur did explain that the rules of this match are that the weapons that are at ringside are all things that come from uh, Minneapolis. And apparently the toaster was invented by Charles P. Strite, as I have over here on my screen, uh, who is from Stillwater, Minnesota. And so he was living there when he invented the pop-up toaster. So therefore, that was a weapon they could use. Uh, and they had what was kind of a print symbol. Like, it was enough to for the crowd to go, oh, I guess that's what that's supposed to be. Uh, but also probably uh, different enough to, like, not piss off um, uh, trademark holders. Uh, because I'm like, that's not quite the print symbol. But I got what you were going for there. And the crowd chanted Purple Rain. And... Uh, it's like, yeah, it was kind of cool. But other than that, like, this match was a whole bunch of plunder um, and not in, like, a well-thought-out way like the Falls Count Anywhere match was. And uh, we got to see, I guess, some showcase spots for Sammy Guevara. He got to do a, a pretty cool um, senton that the crowd – or that the cameras almost missed. Uh, he got to do the big spot off the top of the ladder – and in the end, Dan Lambert got his by Chris Jericho. Yeah, he got stapled in the dick. And then we had our victory. Chris Jericho wins with the frog splash. I this was <laughs> I'm not sure who this was for. I no, I take that back. I know exactly who it was for. It was for Cher, who was on camera singing <laughs> Judas. So therefore, we recognize that this was. For you, JK Shaw says thoughts and prayers to our dear friend Cher. Cameras cutting to her screaming to this live on pay per view is a tough look. There's also a video which I won't play because I don't want to get demonetized on this video. Uh, Zach Barber says Alex can hate all he wants. Jericho pinning Lambert with a fog splash to honor his friend was special. Did you hate that, Alex? I didn't. I didn't hate that he was honoring Eddie. I I, I hated this feud. I'm happy if that if if him honoring Eddie by hitting a frog splash to pin Dam Lambert, whom I also hate, means this feud is over. I will rejoice in the streets. <laughs> uh, Cyclops better than Wolverine could have had Sheeta versus Deeb instead of this trash. Um, and Cyclops versus Wolverine also says, "Me and my turtle have the same amounts of titles as Proud and Powerful." Mike Provenger says, "At least Paige Van Zant got her <laughs> her revenge, right?" Sigh. J-Po says, Dan Lambert's kid is a Cody Mark. Zach Barber says, Sky found out what it feels like when doves cry. Uh, 
Deepa Demon, our, our friend Issa, says, Hi, I'm right next to Hannah, literally. I hope you guys have like gone to bed or something. Uh, <laughs> Brett Mockman says, As a Canadian, I was offended by them implying that the hockey stick was invented in Minnesota. Not really, though. Not that level of weird, guys. There you go. Jay Lethal came out. He is all elite. He will face Sammy Guevara on Wednesday for the TNT Championship. Speedpunk says, I hope they do lethal against Cody, that ROH match ruled. Thoughts on Jay Lethal signing with all I didn't see this coming at all. I yeah. I don't recall there being any like hints of anything of the sort. Uh and I figured that anybody from Ring of Honor wasn't gonna be touched till the beginning of the year. So I was uh pretty much just surprised by this all around. Um, especially uh we talked about this before the show, Jeremy, but uh the when Tony Schiavone announces that there's going to be a, a new talent coming out, and he goes, "This young man," and I thought, "Oh, so it's somebody young, okay." And then he says, "Jay Lethal," and I went, "What?" Uh, and maybe it's just because I've been following him his whole career, but uh, that was the part that threw me off. So I'm like, "Okay, it, it's not to knock Jay Lethal as somebody's 36, I'm 34, and I don't consider myself old, but." Um, I will say that those weren't the words I would have used to describe Jay Lethal. Uh, I mean, he's young relative to Tony Schiavone, I guess. But uh, this is a guy who's been around a long time and has a a lot of uh, business history, um, uh, for better or worse. Uh, And Cyclops better than Wolverine says, Jay Lethal, yikes, 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 yikes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't see this coming at all. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds as far as uh, this signing is concerned. Um, but Jay Lethal is all elite. Alex? Yeah, he's he's got some baggage. You could say he's got some baggage. Um, I, I, I mean, I... <laughs> I made the joke on Twitter that everybody knows that TK wants to sign Ric Flair, but you can't do that right now. So he got the next best thing. Um, But also you probably like Jay Lethal hasn't had a dark side of the ring made about him, but he's also got some stuff in his past that's similar to the, to the, the area that makes Ric Flair unsignable. So it just, I don't know. It just feels like maybe this, if this, you're gonna like, you have to run out and sign Jay Lethal. Uh, you, like, you, you have to. Um, there are a lot of other free agents and soon to be free agents that you might just, you know, wait a while and, and then weigh Jay Lethal versus a Keith Lee or a Jonathan Gresham when Jonathan Gresham is done with, for the year. At, like, there are there are people you could sign other than Jay Lethal that I, yeah, just, just to just, yeah, I've nothing against the man as in the ring just feels like, you know, um, I don't know. This is a weird thing to be like, yes, Jay Lethal's available. We got to run out and grab him. It just feel like a weird thing. Like is it did, does nope nobody like do a like hey let's do a quick google search anytime you want to sign anybody just google their name plus accusations i mean what this pops, is, pops up and here's the thing this is tony khan he's not offline at all he's actually very online 
and he's he's aware of all of this stuff. There's nothing that blindsides Tony Khan as far as uh, anybody's wrestling history. We know that. Yep. So this had to be one of those things where obviously he weighed the pros and cons and decided as far as he's concerned, uh, there weren't enough cons uh, except him and his family. Right. Uh, but I, I don't know honestly what this holds uh, or what the future holds. I definitely wasn't calling for Jay lethal. I wasn't expecting Jay lethal. Um, we'll see. I definitely would. And I also would not put the TNT title on him. Uh, as I said earlier, don't do that at all. Psychos better than Wolverine says Gresham is younger, better in the ring, and not a creep. I'm 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 with both of you guys, and particularly Alex, of like you got a lot of guys on the roster. There's a lot of good free agents out there and even more free in the next 30 to, to 90 days. Getting Jay Lethal is, is is a choice. Um another guy they did get will be on Dynamite teaming with Orange Cassidy. Tomohiro Ishii. Daniel, Daniel R says Ishii to AEW, which was a bigger match, but still Ishii. Uh, Jonathan Berg says a great show, incredible main event. Ishii, so excited for him to come to AEW. Thanks for doing the stream so late, guys. You are awesome. Daniel R says, uh, I'll, I'll save that one for last. Brent Lockman says Wednesday, Ishii in AEW. I'm off the scale, happy. And Daniel R says, What does Walter think of Ishii? Yeah, I like the Ishii. He's very small, Arnold. though. He's a very small man. Very small, but I like to chop him. He can chop me, but he will only chop up to my belly button because he's very, very short. But he's a very strong man for his size. I like the Ishii. That is Arnold. That is not Walter. Walter and Arnold are both Austrian, so <laughs> I have decided they sound similar. Get off my back. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, I can't, I can't really hate on that. Um, all right, let's let's run through some of these. I love uh, Alex impersonations, by the way. I only have two, and they're <laughs> Disco Inferno and Triple H. And it's Neither not even like it's not even like great Triple H. It's it's um it's doing an NXT media scrum Triple H, and so I will save that for uh, the right episode of Grab City. I, I I do Tony Khan. I'm told my Tony Khan is okay. I'm not doing it at two eighteen in the morning. I've not had enough cups of coffee to to do that. Um, catch up on all these super chats, and then we'll give our overall thoughts on the show. Uh, we got a lot from the Bleacher Report app. Sucks. J Post says the last time pay per view was a mess. A glitch in the Bleacher Report stream ended on the app thirty minutes after FiOS. Jeez, thirty minutes. That's that's a long time. Cowboy, Cowboy Clay says, now that Bleacher Report has refunded me after I accidentally paid twice for the pay-per-view, I can show you gents some love. Good night. Good wrestling. Appreciate all you do uh, to add to it. Fightful Forever. Thanks, man. I'm glad you got a, a refund on that one. And appreciate the super chat. Big super chat by Cowboy Thank Clay. Uh, Jesus Garcia says, streamed on VR app on Xbox. Had no issues. I do have a really good internet, though. So it seemed like it was a mixed bag. Again, all of us had a uh, good experience with the with the Bleacher Report app. Going back to the buy-in uh, show, R26 says, I'm just happy Sheeta is regularly showcased after her summer of dark. And Hollywood Jackson on Omega Hangman says, honestly, I think holding onto the one-winged angel is smart. Protect the move for years until someone like Darby or Jungle Boy gets the rub. That would really be holding onto it, I feel. I don't know if they're going to hold on to it that long. If they do, more power to them. Truly, more power to them. 
uh, Reese Power says, no Danhausen. This isn't only cursed. It's bullshit. Sorry for the swear house. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, all right. Overall from, from Super Chats, we'll run through those, and then we will give our overall thoughts on the show. Kurt Lothrell says, yet another home run for AEW. Much respect to you guys. Keep up the great work. Mark Lossberry says, great pay-per-view. Great week of shows. But other than that, this has not been the best week. Mark, I hope you're doing okay, buddy. Hopefully the wrestling provided enough of a distraction uh, if you would like to talk about anything, my DMs are open. Uh, anybody out there who's had a rough week, my DMs are open. Send me, send me a message. We shall chat. Andrew7186 uh, says, love you guys. Amazing show. 5 a.m. here in Scotland. Alex, try to keep it under two hours. He failed. Alex. It's just, all my fault. Yes, all my fault. 100% your fault, <laughs> Alex. Uh, Brent Lockman says, after party of Fightfuls, hell of a show, gentlemen. Appreciate you, Brent. Uh, Thick Astley says, tremendous name. Uh, can't wait to watch this live because Battle of Valley exists and switched over as soon as full gear finished. What a great weekend for wrestling. I will be watching Battle of, in the Valley shortly here. Beer What says, that was fun. Truth. Cold Train says, unreal pay-per-view. We are lucky to have witnessed that. Speedpunk says, I can't wait for next week to see who is on the card. Oscar Villanueva says, uh, excited for the future. This feels like the cl- conclusion of a chapter in AEW and the beginning of a new era, hopefully with New Japan playing a big part. And J.K. Shaw says, as a whole, better pay-per-view, all-outs or full gear. I will throw that to you, Will. Uh, um, I was hoping the answer was going to be full gear. Um, and had I gotten the main event I expected, uh, that probably would have changed it. But um, all-out is still just a surreal um, night and uh, a whole lot of surreal moments. Uh, so I would still say all-out. But I will say, AEW, um, they, I would say, hit the mark on three of their four pay-per-views this year. Uh, Like, overall, now we can take a look back at the way AEW pay-per-views came off this year um, between Revolution. um, And and Revolution is not one I just knock for the the main event. I think uh, Revolution I knock for not having just a straight pro wrestling match on the entire show. (laughs) Uh, And that everything was some form of uh, gimmick or multi-man something. Um, where, and then double or nothing was, of course, you know, I was there and that was the show that brought all the fans back and, uh, was just a a good time had by all. Uh, but I, I do believe that this show delivered, right? Um, I think that, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, to Josh Swallow BC, um, because he made a point that. I, I thought sounded ridiculous until I watched the show, but uh, people were kind of talking about the card and how good the card looked. And he said, I know it sounds weird, but I think this show might suffer from being too good. If that makes sense, where like, there's so many great matches on, uh, on tap here that you may run into like almost like great match fatigue. And I kind of had it throughout this show. Um, and I almost didn't, uh you almost don't appreciate the value in like matches that don't matter until you have a show full of matches that all do in some way shape or form to the point of where i almost don't have a mental break from from just everything that matters here i love this show like you know i obviously this is like a four and a half star nine out of ten show for me um i'm not really knocking it other than it, having this much in a single show is exhausting and <laughs> Uh, and it, you could see that in the crowd as well, that like they weren't nearly as lively for uh, the main until 
really like the closing stretch of it as they were for the opener uh, for um, Darby and MJF. But like I said, other than that, great show. Um, definitely recommend. And uh, of course, if you're watching this, you've already seen it, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, I, I would definitely put it on my like rewatches of like stuff I throw on in the background. Um, Hangman's champion. And so as far as I'm concerned, this is a satisfying conclusion. Alex? Um, I, I think I, I think I, I gotta go with all out just for the, for the sheer craziness of Adam Cole is here and also Brian Danielson, like that kind of ridiculousness. And also CM Punk had his first match in seven years. Like it just for, for the, for the impact of it, for the, for like the, the craziness of the, the impact of CM Punk is back. He's in AEW. He's wrestling his first match in seven years. Also, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson jump ship from WWE, and they're here now. Like it be it, that felt like this is the beginning of some shit going down. Like that is what that felt like to me. I think overall, I mean, gosh, the 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 cage match, the tag cage match, Lucha Bros and Young Bucks. I think overall raised the 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 average of match quality for for all out to be so high but the like MJF and Darby like absolutely killed it um I loved Miro and Danielson so much and I punk punk and Kingston was just this this again this a cathartic emotional experience that I I don't I don't know if that I was ready for and then you had hangman beating beating Kenny like I feel like Overall, it's all out, but just for in-ring stuff, I think it was tonight for me. Uh, I'm with both of you guys, and and Will knows we, we were at all out. I think like moment-wise, it's tough to to top those moments. Like Suzuki appearing, Ruby debuting, obviously uh, Cole and Danielson at the end, and I think Young Bucks Lucha Bros is the is the best match of the two shows as well. This pay-per-view was built better, and I think in-ring, start to finish, it was better. But all out is just you – can't, you can't top the, those moments. So it really comes down to sort of what you prefer. Like, do you prefer these, these moments and everything, or do you prefer, you know, straight to start to finish in-ring stuff? Um, for me, you know, being in the crowd at all out, that was, that was something special. So I will go – with all out um rolex robo says now let's talk about the own cup as a freaking g1 i don't care if it takes five months i don't think it's official uh tony khan did say it will be something that people don't expect but i don't think it's like actually a g1 style at least not yet and jk shaw says the goats of fightful that's where we're going to end it thank you everyone for your super chats your support sticking with us for two hours and 16 minutes love y'all love y'all love y'all alex Pulowski, let him know uh you can follow me on the tweeter at alex uh, I, uh, I, I review Raw and SmackDown on Fightful Select, which you should subscribe to, not just for me, but for all the scoops with a Z that Sean Rossap feeds to you every day. Um, uh, and on Tuesdays on this very channel, I review NXT 2.0 with the great Kate Hensler. It's the NXT after party. We're supposed to keep it under two hours. I'm trying. Uh, uh, and then I review uh, Di- Dynamite every Wednesday with uh, with Sean Ross Epp and Bobo DeVelis. 
It's a lot of fun. I'm on here a lot yakking at you about wrestling, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Will, let him know. You can find me on Twitter. I am uh, William RBR. Uh, I have kind of reduced my podcasting down a bit um, over the last. I've been podcasting 16 years, man. Give me a break. Um, no, uh, for real though, it's still one of my favorite things to do. And uh, you can catch me every Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, as right here on this uh, very channel, youtube.com slash Fightful. I host a little show called Grapsity with Phil Lindsay and Righteous Reg. It is honestly uh, my favorite part of the week. I love getting to talk with those guys. Uh, and this week we had uh, Andrew Thompson on. And we just had a blast. Uh, if you want to check out um, this week's episode of Grap City, I highly recommend it. And check out all the other ones as well. Uh, we've been doing the show since the beginning of October, and it's just been an absolute blast. Um, and you can find me there every week. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the place to find me. Other than that, William RBR uh, right here on my Twitter, you can see it right right there. You know who to blame, Sean. You know who to blame. Put all the heat on Alex. Uh, you can find me in the gym every day, getting them shots up. Um, YouTube.com slash Fightful Distraction. Go over there. We're, we're posting videos like every day. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming, playing games and doing, doing that fun stuff. Um, and I don't know, man. Yeah, just follow me on Twitter. You can you can find stuff. The distraction Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern. Joseph and I do do cool stuff sometimes. I think I don't know. Um, I got work to do, everybody. Uh, you guys can you guys can go to fightful.com and you'll see my name on the website at like 5 a.m. and then you'll see it again at like 9:30 a.m. because I don't sleep. Again, get them shots up every day, guys. Thank you guys so much. It's been a busy weekend. It's been a fun weekend. Weekends like this make it fun. Uh, so we appreciate all the support here here at Fightful. Um, again, watch Graps Odi noon Eastern on Saturdays. Watch Sour Graps. Watch the NXT post show if you like watch. You know, even if you don't watch NXT, like just watch the post show because it's fun and entertaining. You don't actually have to watch NXT. But that's true. Really I don't. truly only watch for, yeah. <laughs> for you and Kate. And like honestly, I um I, I can't pretend to be in the NXT <laughs> No, nobody can. Nobody can. They can't. They uh, can. Thank you, Will. <laughs> thank, thank you, Will. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, guys, for the super chats, the humper chats, the thumbs up, the subscriptions, everything. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. We'll talk to y'all later on.